Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Bowles, Psychic Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me tonight, my Chief Inspector Brendan McAlinden and our Senior Editor Jude Seymour will join us later. He is on a special assignment with me in just a few. Uh, But we are coming on up to the come up. Brendan, how you feeling about it, buddy? I mean, we're less than, we're almost 30 days out, right? At this point, I'm, it is palpable. The atmosphere, there's a little bit of a crisp in the air in the morning. Uh, I'm feeling it. My wife put on Hocus Pocus tonight, sweats, sweatshirt, Halloween candles. Dylan was wearing a skeleton pajamas to bed. My wife just basically, she told me August 1st is, is fall, and I can't argue with her on that. I can't. I have a, uh, my wife gives me guff for it because I use the meteorological um, seasons. I don't, I don't, I, I consider September 1st to be the first day of fall, December 1st, the first day of winter, Um March 1st, the first day of spring, and June 1st, the first day of summer. It's just something I've always done and always – Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on board with that. I'm on board yeah, with that. I, I, think it's, I think it's dumb when it's like December 20th and you've had a solid 20 days of December where it's been cold and snowy. And you're trying to tell me, oh, yeah, now it's now it's winter. No, 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 no. Yeah, December 19th? Yeah, we're this is fall. No, it's not. Yeah, it's no, not. it's not. It's I'm not, not singing just... Christmas songs of the fall, you bastards. 
Yeah. There's nobody who's like gearing up for Hanukkah. It's like, oh, yeah, still <laughs> Hanukkah's a fall holiday, boys. Festival of Lights takes place in the fall. No, it's the winter. Um, but pushing it back a little, I can, I can, I can get a little bit on board with this uh, pregame in fall. I mean, your wife essentially was pregaming fall, right? Right. She's, I mean, yeah, she's on board. Like she's totally on board. And I think, I mean, it's not wrong. Spice I mean, lattes. It, if you can get it in the Midwest, where it, in August can be ridiculously humid like florida humid yeah just getting through that day and at night though it does that nice little drop you know yeah i'm bored with that i mean whatever you gotta do to get your mind right in these days <laughs> this day and age so if you want to start fall a month early go right ahead go right ahead i mean it's football season i mean we call it fall camp right there's football on your television screen this month. Yeah. Jude gets so mad that it's called fall camp because Jude's a big strickler. But it's fall camp. So might as well, might as well call it's what we're living camp. in right yeah. now fall. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, change just, the fact you can go swimming in the middle of the day. It's, so, it's all good. Listen, you can go swimming in the middle of the day in uh, October. And, and, or in February. Can't tell you how long you're going to be out there, but you can do it. Now, yeah, you can do it. When there's a will, there's a way. Always. Uh, speaking of wills, uh, I got the will of the people r- right in front of me. Got these, uh, got these reviews, buddy. What what kind of reviews? Uh, what kind of reviews are they? They are the choicest of reviews. I got two of them tonight, and. I, I, one of them was pretty long. <laughs> what I got? I mean, I, we got paragraphs on these reviews, so this, which is That's which great. is great. That's, yeah. So just a reminder, everybody out there, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review, whatever review that you leave there on Apple Podcasts, I will read on the next OFD podcast as our promise to you. And again, it's it's how you become a part of the show because. Sometimes these things take a while. I mean, one review could be talked about for 45 minutes. I mean, <laughs> it's just the natural thing that happens. So want to be a part of this, go on over, leave that rating, leave that review. And we are always looking for those. What are we looking for? I believe they are now um, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa earned five stars. Previously, yeah, the, Julian Love. The first round snubbed five star oh. Earned five stars <laughs> reviews. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into it. <clears throat> uh, five stars here from Colin Gallagher. Best Notre Dame podcast by far. By far the best Notre Dame podcast. This podcast has been part of a weekly routine since the 2018 season, and it has never skipped a beat on being the most real Notre Dame podcast out there. I appreciate all the podcasts that break down the nitty-gritty when it comes to schemes and recruiting. When it comes to talking Notre Dame football, this podcast makes it fun and talks about the things that truly matter, like how terrible the shirt is every year. As long as a lifelong Notre Dame fan and graphic designer for the Office of Digital Learning here at Notre Dame, it pains me to see the designs every year. A shirt that is so widely bought and seen every year deserves much better. I don't know all the specifics, 
with the shirts design process, but I'm assuming there's way too many non-design students who have a say in the final design. I would gladly volunteer my expertise to assist these students to make the best design possible. I think Homefield has shown that the university has a goldmine of retro logos and designs just waiting to be used. Also, pertaining to design aesthetics, I just want to say that I don't think there should ever be a Notre Dame uniform without the gold helmet. Although these uniforms are for the athletes, it might be cool to switch them up. Anything that doesn't use the gold helmet is a downgrade. There are so many amazing throwbacks with the gold helmet that we don't utilize enough. The 1977 green jersey we wore for USC in 2007 did not deserve what happened to them in that game, and I'd love for those to come back. Lastly, I want to give a shout-out to Danny Boy, the bar east of bar east of campus at the overlook apartments if you haven't been there it's a great place to grab a drink and get some food if you're ever near campus keep up the great work guys and go irish Kyle's good people some of the old uh twitter machine um maddie wrote an article about the show yeah this this (laughs) this goes hand in hand um and i agree with uh so I agree with because you buy them every year. I buy them every year, and he, where he had me on board is where it was like, this is a tradition. But at the same time, you know, I, I like graphic design too, and I like sharp, sharp stuff. And boy, oh boy, uh, the shirt this year and last year, it's like, it's an absolute abomination, and the color choices are always bad. And the only reason I buy it is because I always buy it because I'm a sucker. <laughs> and I won't it's keep buying tra- it. Yeah. You know, in the discussion on that article, you know, someone brought up a contest and that's It's absolutely right. Like get the quit making this a camel and just have five, six design students use their one focus vision on what they think it should look like. And then don't you don't even take it in front of a board. Have the student body vote on them. I mean, it shouldn't be that hard. You get four, get four people to make four designs, and then have the student body vote on them. I think they would cut down on so much of the uh, of the crappiness going on with it, and at least you'd have something a little more uniform. And a, I, I think it'd be, it's just not some committee shirt, man. It's not. Well, this person wanted this on here. This person wanted this on here. Blah 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 blah. There were three jets to signify the number of yeah. times that Notre Dame took a knee playing Navy in 1972, and it's just like, just stop it. And this year's one looks like you know somebody's Nana uh, busted out her Bob Ross paint set and went to town painting some like shitty ass painting. And I just the fact they keep changing the color of it. And that they can never seem to get the green right. It should just be Kelly green every year. Every year. It's the only color that pops. You know what? You could give, uh, what was it? 2005 where they had the yellow. Yeah. The CAP. Yeah. Um, that at least popped a little bit, but when your rivals, when your rivals USC, um, granted they're red, but what's their secondary color? Right. Plus, I mean, Plus, you know, that's a, that's BC. B, I mean, BC right. does their version, basically their version of the shirt every year, which is, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's what Notre Dame should emulate where they've done the one color, which is that yellow. 
and it pops. So yeah. pick if you your can get color. a nice Kelly Green. Even if it's not Kelly Green, get an emerald green. Get it get it something like bright and poppy if you don't want to do that, because I, I don't know. They don't even have an official even, green anymore. I didn't even mind the Madonna blue because that pops. But yeah. I still think it should be it should be green. Just pick one color and it should be the one color. If you went with the Madonna blue, that would literally be a Faustian bargain, though. Literally. <laughs> literally. Um, literally. Because that was his jam. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's funny. That's a review today and the, what was going on on the site. <laughs> I saw that sitting in the editor. I went, oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, but, all right. Uh, next one here. Five stars from Chase ND33. JOK five-star review. One Foot Down is my favorite Notre Dame football podcast, not just for the recruiting insight, the knowledgeable history of Notre Dame football, or even – the in-season game-by-game coverage, but also because it is rated R, not the watered-down, rated-G, politically correct Disney sports coverage. As a listener, you feel like one of the guys sitting around the table with the whole OFD crew having some cocktails and talk about our favorite team. Don't change a thing, boys. Much respect for me on how this podcast is run. You're welcome. You're you're motherfucking welcome. (laughs) I've heard it both ways. Uh, we've heard it both ways. I've watched a lot of, uh, I, I went through, um, I was starting to go through, uh, I haven't had to the chronological order of the Marvel movies yet. And so okay. I, I started doing that. I'm up to, uh, uh, I did Thor Dark World today. I've seen them all, Ugh. but I just didn't, hadn't watched them in order. Yeah, that's the worst. I think that that is either, either Thor Dark World it. or Iron Man 3. I can't decide which one. And, and they're like back to back. Iron yeah. Man 3 and then Thor Dark. It's like, ugh. I watched uh, watched them both. But I was just like, yeah. God, can I skip this one? But, <laughs> but anyways, but I, so I've seen a lot of Samuel Jackson on the screen. And anytime you see him. You're just thinking about motherfucker. So he's got to uh, reel it in for those PG 13s though. Yeah. I mean, you get, you get the few little, couple little moments here and there. Those knowing, knowing glances. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fine. It means I can watch it with the boys and my wife doesn't flinch, even though they're, I mean, I guess she's a big one on this, but it's funny how people don't flinch. At movies, because just they don't have cuss words yet. There's like thousands of people just getting laid out, die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, violence is absolutely fine, just as long as you don't say shit. Winter Soldier, when that Hilla um, aircraft carrier crashes down, like they don't talk about the carnage involved, but a ship of that size crashing down. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually what I appreciate about uh it's the one thing I appreciated out of Batman versus Superman was the, the acknowledgement of the you fucked up my city in all this. And now you're going to pay the price. Like, and they showed like the carnage, like yeah, they had a court, DC, uh, gets, court DC, DC, DC gets a bad rap from a lot of people, but there's some, there's some realness right there. Like, yeah, the entire city just got wiped out. People are just moving on. There's, there's consequences. I mean, a man of steel was one of the best. It's one of the best comic book movies ever made. 
Okay, what I was uh, what uh, Steel starring um, uh, Shaquille O'Neal? Henry Cavill. Oh, Man, Man of Steel. I, I thought you were talking about yeah, Steel yeah. starring. Uh, oh. <laughs> Uh, all right well so let's get to it i got um i got a special guest here today uh jude joined me today and we had a little chat with tom lloyd from 24 7 irish illustrated over there when got a little crouton talk in so uh uh sit back Pop open your favorite bottle of uh, PBR and enjoy. And we'll be back after that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everyone, joining us is Tom Loy from Irish Illustrated over at Twenty Four Seven Sports. Tom, how you doing, buddy? Good, Josh. Appreciate you having me on, as always, buddy. How are you doing? Oh man, I am uh, set and ready to roll. I think Jude and I, we've we've. Uh, talked enough on this off season about all sorts of off season stuff. We're ready to get to camp, but recruiting never sleeps. And you, sir, <laughs> I, I don't even know what your sleep schedule is. Uh, <laughs> I know you're on it. It's not a great one. It's not a great one. How, <laughs> do you get, uh, do you get the scolding like I do for the wife? No, she knows better. It's been a long time where she gets it. She, uh, she's pretty good about this. I have a very patient, supportive wife who, I mean, I get the mean mug every once in a while, but overall, <laughs> it's, not, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I mean, so so middle of dinner, middle of dinner, you, got, you guys are out. You're at Paula's over there on Main. You guys are out for dinner. You're enjoying yourself, uh, you know, some nice lobster dinner or whatever. You get a couple texts about some kids talking about, hey, I'm about to uh, about to announce. She doesn't care. You're good to go. I mean, at this point, she knows she she knows more about Notre Dame recruiting than <laughs> that. I probably I know like she 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 knows when things are happening. Like she knows what's coming. She knows what's coming up in the next couple of days. I mean, I was on my phone for a short minute during a baptism the other night the other day. Like <laughs> it's just part of the gig, man. It's literally twenty four seven. So um, hopefully, God wants to set with me. I want to let you know that I've tried unsuccessfully to engage her on, on Twitter and, and have her spill all the secrets that she that she's heard uh, you know, the <laughs> conversations. She could be keeping a notebook somewhere. And if we ever like divorce or something, <laughs> he's got the juice, man. I don't know why more people don't hit her up. She's she knows um, potential good news coming for, for Notre Dame before the, uh, the fans usually do. Well, I think I said that on, uh, on one of our last chats. I was like, man, I was like, Tom's, Tom's wife probably knows what's going on. You guys can ask her. That's why I try not to make her mad too often. I'm surprised, surprised the uh, super sleuths over on uh, your guys' message board hadn't figured that one out. That's one for them. They, they know, they're, know they're, they're bounds. Yeah, well, hopefully. Not always, but hopefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, hey, man, we got uh, a busy – what could be a very busy week. So not only did we got fall camp, you know, started this weekend, 
Uh, super excited about that. But recruiting's hot. There's a couple of big names out there that are seem to be heavy, heavy Notre Dame leans. And it's in a position of, of great need right now for Notre Dame at wide receiver. And we're talking about CJ Williams and we're talking about Tobias Merriweather. Tom, let's just, let's just play. Uh, we're pretty sure these guys are going to pull the trigger. They're predicted to pull the trigger for Notre Dame. So tell me why you think they would choose Notre Dame and also like what this means for this class. Cause these are some pretty high, these are high caliber prospects out West. You know, what, what does this mean for Notre Dame, uh, you know, in this class and, and just overall and you know, their effort moving forward? Yeah. So I, I predicted Tobias Merriweather to Notre Dame back on June 14th. I think it was right after the official visit weekend. And um, everything I had been told was that the fighting Irish were the team to be. And, at one point, that was definitely not the case, uh, but but big kudos to Dell Alexander and Tommy Reese. Um, I know that they get a, a bad rep on the on the message boards, but I can't tell you enough how how good of a job these guys have done this this cycle. Um, and, and I fully expect when when he announces uh, the six four hundred and eighty five pounder to pick Notre Dame over Stanford, uh, you know USC, Tennessee, Oregon, a couple others. Um, and I, and I, I just don't see him picking another school. I mean, he took the two official visits to Notre Dame and Stanford. He's a perfect fit at Notre Dame. He's a, he's a great fit at Stanford as well, but, um, this is an NFL talent. Um, he's lean. Um, I'm not 100% sold that he's 185 pounds. He's probably really close to that, but, um, he's just, he's got some weight to pack on. Um, I do see the similarities to like Equinemius St. Brown coming out of high school, but, but I think, I think Mary, not a bad thing. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. I, I think he uh, he is 100% an NFL caliber player. I think he's going to be a guy that has a great, great college career. I mean, his his route running is is smooth and polished like a, a guy that's half his size. Um, and he's got great length. He's got, you know, he can go up and attack the ball. He plays fearless. Um, this is a, this is in my opinion, going to be a massive win for Notre Dame. Um, he's an army or he's an all American bull kid and a Polynesian bull kid. Um, I just, man, I'm, I think Notre Dame fans should be absolutely thrilled with this potential pickup as long as it goes the way I see it. Um, he's, he's the real deal, man. Merriweather is, and that's the other thing. Like I cannot wait. He's so far away from home. We're not going to be able to see him with camps and things like that. Been, been, you know, on the fence over the last year or so. I am beyond excited to go see this kid at the All-American Bowl because I think he's a guy that um, the more eyes are on him, he's just going to continue to skyrocket at the rankings. Now, is California's uh, season, is is that uh, all a full go this going on? Like, there's, I mean, unless I'm missing something, I think all high school. But, uh, but he's up in Washington, though. He's I'm sorry. But West Coast, I mean, I got where you were going with, but going with, but. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be fine to go, uh, go ahead. I just, I want these kids to have a full season. I mean, there are so many like four games, six game seasons. I want to see what right. this can do over 12 games and just watch him absolutely dominate, but then get to the all American bowl and the Polynesian bowl and go against guys that he's going to compete against at the highest level in college. And I just think, I think he's going to absolutely dominate. And then CJ Williams, uh, not, not as tall, uh, but a little high, I think might be a little higher ranked, uh, on 24 seven. Uh, just talk about him for a minute and and yeah. why he's going to bring Damani Jackson with him uh, <laughs> at the very end. Man, I, I just want to say, like, Damani Jackson is built like a brick house. And the, his ability to run at such a high level was mind-blowing to me. Uh, 
he is he's a special cat and yeah no no doubt man if Notre Dame were able to get involved there um a while back that would have been huge but not the case but I I, I think for <laughs> CJ I think I'm a little higher on him than than most for some reason I know he's got a lofty ranking but I've seen some other people like on the Notre Dame beat for example when we're kind of just um chat chat chatting about like the class and guys I just feel like I'm a little higher on CJ than some people are. Um, he's so smooth. I don't think he's got anything about him that's going to really blow you away. I don't really see the Amon Ross St. Brown comparisons that some people want to want to talk about. So I don't I don't have him as a five star caliber kid, but I definitely think he's a top 150 kid. I think he's a guy that can play earlier than most um, at his age. I think he's that polished and that smooth. I don't know exactly what kind of upside or freakish potential he's got at the next level. Uh, but he's a guy that's got like that high floor that you just, he's just going to be a really good player at the next level. So uh, you, you love to see the offer list. You, you know, you love to see the, the, the Alabamas, Ohio States. Um, you know, when you got Brian Hartline who can recruit and go after anybody he wants right. and he's recruiting at such can a high get level. Anybody he wants. And he's really high on, on Williams, uh, according to my sources. So that's a really good sign. Dell Alexander has been all over him since day one. I mean, you're not going to find a better fit for Notre Dame this cycle than with CJ Williams. So as long as things go as planned, I expect Notre Dame to land Tobias on Wednesday and then CJ on Sunday. That's uh, so that makes Tom, it class. Is, is, Tom is oh, is Dell Dell Alexander having a, a Dell sans here? Uh, it feels like um, he was kind of the the message board whipping boy, and and uh, with these two presumed commitments, I, I guess that kind of changes the the idea about his his acumen and and recruiting people. Would that be fair? I mean, that's what's ridiculous about. This. I don't understand the hatred in December or January, a year out from a certain class finishing. I mean, I'm not talking around, we're not talking about signing day. We're talking about a year ahead of time or the summer before signing day. People want to melt down. We're missing all these guys and Notre Dame's not going to land a good class. Well, last I checked, we're not close to signing day. So let it play out a little bit. And that's what I kept saying. Like, let it play out. I know Notre Dame's going to be in a really good spot for a lot of kids let things play out and, and look what happened. I mean, as long as it plays out as expected, you're going to have Amarian Walker, who I think is a, in my opinion, a surefire four star. Um, and I've been saying that well before LSU and Alabama came in with an offer and, and Michigan and all these other schools. So I think he's a guy that's going to be, he's got star potential at the next level. And I don't even care if he plays receiver or DB, this kid can absolutely go. And so if you can somehow keep him in the class land Tobias, land CJ, you're not going to find many classes that are more, not just higher ranked, but just like a, a safe bet to be very good college players. Alexander backed up a big 2021 class when you, when you got like Lorenzo Styles and Deion Colsey and those guys. And then what he did this cycle, I mean, you're not going to find many programs recruiting at the wide receiver position at a higher level. And no, they, they aren't on the same level as what Ohio state did a, a year or two ago, but you know what? Like overall, this is a really good class. Is, is a lot of that. I mean, I, I would imagine, you know, some of it, but like how much is Notre Dame selling like playing time right now? I mean, really, I'm, you know, I'm looking at a scholarship chart for next year for 2022, you know, and, Lindsey, Austin Keys, Wilkins, all those guys are fifth year eligible and I, not all of those guys are going to return. And then it's just it's Xavier Watts and the freshman coming in. So, I mean, there's 
there is room to sell. How much of that has been a factor? Knowing this coaching staff, I don't think that's their pitch. I really don't. I mean, there's some guys in this class at other positions that you can make that pitch, like like a Jalen Sneed, like you're not going to redshirt. You come to Notre Dame, we're going to need you ready to play. Josh Burnham, probably the same thing. But at the wide receiver position, I mean, the way Dell is, like he's he's really big on upperclassmen. You got to know the playbook. Uh, you got to have an understanding of the position. You got to be willing to block. Um, there's a, you know, with, with Lorenzo styles, he checks all those boxes. He's extremely smart. Um, he's a tough, hard nosed kid. Like he's going to be a kid that plays as a freshman, no question about it. Um, he, but they're all not like him. So even looking ahead at like Tobias, I mean, he's, he's very thin. So I don't know how much weight he's going to be able to put on by the time he gets to Notre Dame to where he's going to be a guy that contributes a ton as a true freshman, but that's okay because, you know, Matt Bayless is going to, you know, be salivating at that kind of kid and put on 20 pounds quickly for him. Now, CJ, he's a little bit more college ready. He's thick. He's stronger, a little bit more impressive physically. He's not as tall, but so you can't really sell playing time. And I really don't think that's the Notre Dame way. That's just not how these coaches operate. They're trying to find good fits, guys that are going to be, you know, strong fits within the program academically and athletically. Um, and then guys that are going to be needed to contribute in year two and and going forward. So I don't really think that that's their pitch, but you got to be able to look at this roster and think that you have a confidence enough to, to make an impact. But, you know, a guy like Jordan Johnson did as well, but he just wasn't, I never thought Jordan Johnson was a five-star. I watched him at the All-American Bowl. I didn't think he was a guy that was going to step on campus and be a difference maker from day one. Did I think he was going to eventually? hundred percent, no question. But some of these guys like Tobias Merriweather, man, I, I'm I'm so excited about that kid. If he could just somehow hit a growth spurt and pack on 20 pounds before he gets to another <laughs> game, no question he'd play right away. But I just don't see that see that happening. One of the things we talk about quite a bit uh, on the on our site and uh, in our DMs <laughs> with a couple other people is, is about Dell Alexander and kind of the three wide receiver rule. Um, you know about him not wanting to take more than three in a class. Because of the numbers, though, do, do you feel that Notre Dame's still going to go after a fourth in this class, and why should it be Andre Green? <laughs> yeah, man, Andre Green, is a, he's a different cat. Um, I I don't think he – I would take Andre Green, and again, we're – I mean, we're, we're going way ahead at this point. I mean, I, we're not close to him making a decision or it even being close to being Notre Dame because he hasn't even been to campus, but – I think he's a guy you go all in for, don't care about the numbers, do whatever you can to get him. I would right. 100% try to do everything you can to get Andre Green um, in this class after landing Tobias and CJ and Amarion. And I would do that well before I, I, I went after a second running back. I mean, with oh, Jadar- yeah. Jadarian Price being, being a guy that I'm extremely high on. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that surprises a lot of people. If Nicholas Singleton decides to, call Notre Dame and say, I'm having change of heart, whatever. Obviously you take that call. Cause I think he's probably the best running back in the country, but there's just not a need in my opinion at running back. Like there is it different for difference makers at the wide receiver position. And Andre green is exactly that. So I like some of the other options. I really like major Everhart as a speed guy. I mean, that dude can run. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if you've been able to look at his tape or any kind of like highlights off season track stuff, that dude can run. I'm not as high on Xavion Bradshaw as some other people that may be on this beat, but 
I probably wouldn't go on him. I think you save that number for or save that spot for a guy that maybe emerges during his senior year, which is my other take. Like, relax. Like, Andre right. Green is a surefire kid. You go after, you see whatever, you, you do all you can to get him. But, like, there's going to be some kids that are not in the top 247 right now that haven't even emerged on the radar that are going to blow up during their senior season. And, and it's a little tough for Notre Dame because they have to have their academics in order. But, like, just everybody needs to just calm down a little bit and just let it play out. <laughs> they want to fill the class, like, by by the end of August, and that's great and all. But, like, there's some guys that are going to emerge, and you're going to be like, dang, I wish we had a spot for him. So you, let it play out. Do you feel like, a, like over the last couple of years – especially with with the uh, early signing period and the like because spring has now become you know spring ain't what it used to be you know that spring's now like ridiculously important so there is a lot of flipping out from fans from you know from beat writers about you know what is or what isn't in a class um you know come june do you, i mean do you do you see that is that a real thing or am i just seeing what i'm seeing <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's that's 100% legit, and that's you know I will say especially on the defensive side of the ball, like Notre Dame's all over that. They're trying to get ahead as quickly as possible. Uh, you know they already have 223 commits um, in Brendan Vernon and Keon Keeley. Um, I expect them to land another one in Adon Schuler. Um, uh, in my opinion, a four star a four star safety uh, out of New Jersey. I know that he's uh, going to be ranked here. Uh, pretty soon. So keep an eye out for that. In my opinion, like I said, he's a four-star caliber kid. He announces on August 15th. So right there, if they can land him over Penn State and Maryland, as I expect them to, um, that's three commits early for 2023, and they're just going to keep things rolling. So when do I, we party for Sonny Styles? Yeah, you might want to. You're going to have to take your time on that one. But they. Uh, <laughs> That kid, don't even get me started, man. That kid is going to be so fun to watch. But I will say, I just saw a picture of him next to Lorenzo, and Lorenzo looked, and he looked jacked next to Sonny. And we're talking about two different players, two different sides of the ball, but I'll have to find that picture. But, man, he I, looked, I, I think I know which one you're talking about. Sonny still has a few inches on him. Oh, 100%. Like that's, a, that's, a, that's a solid two, two and a half inches on him at least. He's an uh, absolute freak. Yeah. He, hey, it's, he, that, it's, that Ohio, it's that Ohio bread, buddy. I mean, no comment about that. That's you and yeah, <laughs> you Ohioans over there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, so, he's eating good. Yeah. So speaking of eating good and being jacked, which uh, of all the yeah of all the <laughs> coming coming in uh, this, here in August, uh, even including the, the early enrollees, um, you know, just kind of give me some of your thoughts about these guys. You know. The beat guys are the beat guys, and they're great. But there's some recruiting guys that I really want to know their thoughts about the freshmen coming, stepping in. You know, now it's camp season. Now we're past all the signing and all that stuff, ready to earn to go. Which one of these freshmen are are really going to stand out, and why is it exactly Audrey Castamay? <laughs> I mean, I, Josh I, is a huge crush on him. I mean, obviously. I mean, so does Kyle Hamilton. I heard it on the uh, Inside the Ground podcast. That dude is built. I mean, that dude is something else. I, I'm I'm excited to see what he does. He's just a guy that I would have loved to see in person, um, but just didn't get, get didn't get the opportunity to. But um, so I'm not. I mean, I'm not super excited about him. Um, there there are a couple guys. I mean, Blake Fisher's an obvious one. I mean, known him for years now. He's done such a good job of just 
you know, focusing on his body and becoming stronger and leaning out and just doing all the right things that a lot of people had question marks about. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I'm not a hundred percent there yet, but there's going to be a lot of people that could eat a lot of crow for not making him a five star, um, including guys on our own network. I mean, I think that there's guys that just, they didn't know what to think. We didn't know what direction he was going to take. And he has just been an absolute force since getting on campus and doing all the right things. So Blake Fisher's obviously one. Lorenzo Styles Jr.'s uh, he's just he's a playmaker, man. He runs so well. He's strong. He's physical. He's going to be a guy that that I mean, the Notre Dame staff has been has never shied away from the fact that he's going to play day one. Um, he's going to be a contributor. Everybody, everybody in South Bend is super excited about him. Um, Philip Riley was a guy that I was told about to keep an eye on, had a really good spring in terms of just, just, you know, getting acclimated to, to everything about Notre Dame. And, uh, when I asked for three guys that are potential, uh, guys that are just going to play, um, I basically asked for like the Clarence Lewis, um, on the defensive side of the ball. And Philip Riley was the guy that I was mentioned. Now this was, this was a little while ago. So I don't, I haven't really asked too much about him as of late, but, but he's a guy that clearly Notre Dame's fired up about, uh, my guy coming out of high school was Kari G. Um, uh, I just saw like a poor man's Kyle Hamilton in that kid. I just, I'm super excited about his potential. Um, I don't know how much he's going to play this year, but, but he's a guy that I think, uh, if he's everything that I think he is, everything I've been told about, um, I think he's going to be a star in the, on the back end of the defense um, at some point in the next couple years. Um, and then I think the last one that I'm excited about, but again, it just kills me. We couldn't get a verified 40 time on him because I think finishing so low in the rankings, he would have skyrocketed. It was Ryan Barnes. Uh, I, I mean, that kid looks like a million bucks. He, he, he's so smooth. He's long. Uh, I did hear he ran like as a sophomore at like four nine, four eight, four nine at a Maryland camp. I think it was a Mar- I think he was a sophomore. Um, if I could have just found out for sure, I watched him run, and he, you know, he's a four five kid that that he says he is, and his coach says he is. That kid's going to be so good in the next couple of years. So again, I don't know how much he's going to play this year, but but uh, that kid, he's going to be a guy that like no question he gets drafted. And it wouldn't surprise me if he was eventually drafted in like the first three rounds. Tom, a question about that. Is there once they get on campus and and I know that they run 40s and, and camp. It, it, do you have people who on the inside who will kind of give that information to you and say, you know, X ran this fast? Because I remember a couple of years ago, it was like guys like Troy Pride and Brain Lindsay, like pu- publishing their own times sort of on Instagram or whatever. But like. Uh, I'm I'm just imagining that you could probably get a, a time that you would feel comfortable with from from a source on, on campus. Would is that something that would happen around summer camp for you? Yeah, some guys some guys talk a little bit more than others, especially about that stuff. I mean, there's guys, there's guys that just won't won't get into if that. You run fast, you're talking. If you're out there <laughs> from you run a, a four four. From a nobody's not going to know in the in the in the uh, Mishawaka area. <laughs> no question about that. I just like at this point though, I don't, I don't really dig into it too much because it doesn't do anything like to tell, to go back and like tell Wilt Fong or, uh, you know, my guy Gabe or a couple other guys like, Oh, by the way, like we probably missed the boat because Ryan Barnes ran a four, <laughs> four nine or a four five one. Like it doesn't do anything like their rankings are in the books, but, um, I mean, but, but it, I'm, I used to inform you on, on three guys to watch for the freshman year kind of article. 
you know what I mean? So that's, yeah. what, that's, that's what I was curious about because I, I, the talk I've heard is that Lorenzo Styles could be used in the return game. And, and, and I think that has to do with his, his speed and his, his elusiveness that he showed in high school and whatever they've seen from him so far. So and he's tough as nails. If Barnes can run like a speedster, then maybe there's a role for him too. Hundred percent. Yeah, no question about that. I mean, Styles again. I mean, he's a guy that ran that four. I think it was a four four three at the Notre Dame camp, and then he went and backed it up every time you saw him run. I mean, he's a guy that like if that dude's not on the field, something's wrong. Like it, like there's. I mean, he's a different animal than even Jordan Johnson, in my opinion. I'm I'm so high on Lorenzo Styles and. Um, he needs to, he needs to play because he's, he's just a really good receiver, a really good football player. We're not talking about just an athlete that's raw. I mean, Lorenzo Styles Jr. is a guy that is, is the program changer difference maker that you need on the field. And again, I don't know if it's going to be this year a ton, he's going to play, but I just like in year two, man, watch out for that kid. But, but with his kind of speed, no question, but yeah, I mean, I'll definitely pick the brains of those guys about, you know, speed times and they're pretty, cause I don't, I don't need to run to the message board. I kind of need it just for my own knowledge to be like, you know what, this kid is everything we thought. Maybe this kid's not as good. Right. Tyler Buckner, for example, was, you know, as soon as he stepped foot on campus for that first week, there's a little bit of like, he's, he's kind of raw. He's getting acclimated to the game, whatever. But like by week two, week three, they were like, he is everything we expected him to be. He's the real deal. And, and he's going to push for playing time as a freshman. So yeah. that's a good sound. I, I just think about, you know, in years past, uh, Darnell Ewell, unfortunately, comes to mind of a, of a guy who got on campus and all of a sudden the the, ch- the chatter out of the goog was a, a lot more uh, downplaying sort of what the what the, uh, you know, sort of his hype had come in to be. So I, I think you get it both ways. You get guys who, who legit surprise and then you get guys who are just they're not like camp ready, for lack of a better term. Yeah, that guy wasn't. No question about that. <laughs> but like, such a such a good kid. Darno Yule, like what a great kid. But he just, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't, I never understood necessarily the ranking. I never understood. I mean, he was high, and he was very but, high. Man, how? I mean, he is so strong. Like I joke about there's certain guys that like I never want my wife to meet because I feel like the shake hands. Like Rashawn Gary was that guy. Like I felt like at the Under Armour game when I met him. Like I. You, you you made that list. Like, I don't ever want you to, like, <laughs> the because you're just go, you don't have, like, that ability to just be a little softer than just breaking the hand that's, that you're touching. Like, <laughs> Darnell Gould was kind of that kid. I mean, he was built like an ox, but just wasn't a great football player. So that uh, that's funny because uh, my wife has probably been aware of one football recruit in the last 15 years, and that was Parker Boudreaux. Because he, he pulled that bus and I, I watched, watched the video and she was just like, what's that guy up to now? I'm like, oh, he's a off-brand WWE wrestler. <laughs> off-brand. Off yeah. You know, he's going to make a ton of money doing that in his in his next life that, that he's doing, but away from football. But good for that kid, man. Yeah, but he always looked like he could snap me in half. So, or my wife, you know, so. <laughs> I think, I think we had a, uh. I, who was it? it was it was Parker Boudreaux and someone else wasn't it Jude like who would I rather fight oh god yeah and I yeah and I I, I took Parker I can't remember who the other person was <laughs> Just, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'd rather not want to mess with in a, in yeah you wouldn't want to mess with either of them but I think yeah. I think the I finally had it, so <laughs> I, I don't know, Parker. back in what Frank I can make a spot, right 
like the Eichenberg's other guy, the guy like Eichenberg's the guy you never want to fight. Like that yeah, dude, what, like he strikes fear into your heart. Like he's a pretty nice guy. He's a very nice guy to deal with. But like, there's just dudes that are just bad, angry people on the field. Or like, if you get into that situation, like he is literally the last guy I'd want to fight. That dude, <laughs> he's a tough cat. And Tommy when, Kramer, when they they stuck him in the eye and he, he still came back and played, I thought that this is a dude that I'm 100% sold on for life. Yeah, you know? when you have nice absolutely. Kids. Yeah, he's from Ohio. What do you expect? My bad. <laughs> oh, Eichenberg has been a favorite of mine for for years and years. Massive individual. Uh, yeah, he is a nice guy, but he does have that Quentin Nelson. Uh, man, uh, he flipped that switch, man. And it's it's on. It's a good guy to have on your side. 100%. Right, yeah. Topic. Got just a couple of quick uh, ones left for you. All right. I know that the numbers game right now is like completely insane like Dabo it's driving Dabo Sweeney nuts uh but <laughs> but I know it's kind of in limbo because of all the different uh situations with COVID and all that I I have kind of thought I I still think Notre Dame's gunning for towards like a 27 man class just based off of transfer you know attrition the transfer portal could be superheated come the end of the season your normal you know your normal guys leaving and all that I still I still look at that and I see right around 27. Is that, is that your view too? Or are you thinking it's a little more conservative? I mean, they're what 22, I think now, uh, I mean 19 and I have them at 20, 21 with the two wide receivers. Um, so I was already like in my mind that they were getting into the twenties. Um, so, okay. So if you get Merriweather, you get Williams, that's 21. And then, I mean, I'll just, I'll just scroll down the list and give you what, what I, how I see it playing out. I mean, I do kind of, I don't see them getting Zach Rice, Cyrus Moss. Um, the could pick Notre Dame. I think it's a real close battle. Um, so hero canoe is a guy that could end up at Notre Dame. Um, I don't see them necessarily landing Anthony Lucas. I could see them getting like an, uh, another wide receiver, maybe an Andre green or, um, like I mentioned before, major Everhart. Um, it's so tough, man, with numbers, because so many things are going to change. Um, I expect them to get Billy Shrout still. So my guess is they add two more receivers when all is said and done. Uh, I think they would like to get Major Everhart. I think that they really like his speed. So let's say they let's say they do get get a fourth receiver and keep Walker in the class. Um, they seem pretty adamant about trying to get a second running back. I was mentioned a name that I can't really, I can't really mention it yet, but uh, you know, one of the, one of the guys at Notre Dame asked me about a couple kids at running back today. So they're clearly keeping that open. So let's add, let's add, God, I can't believe that. Add three receivers, a running back, an offensive lineman. Um, what's that five. And they want another, another guy in the secondary. So six more. That gets you so 25, five. And then I didn't even think about Emil Wagner that they, I think they could land him too. So I absolutely could see them getting to 25 for sure. And I don't think it's too crazy to think that they could get to 26. So anywhere in that realm, it means that they've signed a lot of the guys that they really wanted coming down the stretch. I don't think this is the coaching staff that's going to reach for guys and land guys to just go, you know, be, be, space fillers 
So if they can land right. who I think they can, I mean, they're going to have to go into the 25, 26, 27 range. There always seems to be that that little stretch between signing days. Yeah. There's always a, there's always a, like, you know, even, even, I mean, Ron Paulus wasn't a surprise in one way, but it was a total surprise in, in another way. But there's always a stretch between the two signing days that there's a couple of names. And, you know, sometimes it works out for Notre Dame. And I mean, lately, it feels like it really has been working out for them. The guys that they, they target and focus on during that stretch, they, it seems like they've been landing. Um, the Ron so, Paul I mean, situation, there's still some names out there. Yeah, the Ron Paul situation was weird because, like, I was told forever that he was coming to Notre Dame, but I just didn't know it was going to be where they're talking about him being on scholarship. And again, I don't know how it works. I mean, with Ron, with his dad being on staff, I believe, I mean, unless I'm missing something, um, you guys have been around the program even longer than I have. Um, I think, and in terms of like maybe even covering the, the team, I forget. I mean, I'm going on God. good about 15 years from me. <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't know how it works in terms of the Notre Dame. Like I think that with him being on staff, his kid gets, Free tuition. So yeah, free tuition. And if he goes to uh, like, say he would have walked on at IU or Purdue, say he walks on, Notre Dame would still pay uh, his tuition there. Okay. So yeah. So as long, as long as it's in the state of Indiana, Notre Dame will pay your your. Yeah. So he's on scholarship, but I really think that it's being covered by the university yeah. in terms of weight number. Like if numbers mattered necessarily. That's how it plays out. But but again, so that's why it was kind of a weird, like, oh, we offered him. It needs to be known. Well, like if that was a real thing, like it would have been known a long time ago. But I don't know. It was a weird situation. But but yeah, no question. There's going to be at least a surprise around signing day, whether it's December or February. So um, 27, man, it's crazy to think about. But yeah, I think they could could eventually get there. You got two classes Tom, in a row, 26 and 27. Crazy. Tom, last Last one for me. Um, I'm I'm very curious about this the Shamrock Series game. Uh, it's being built as a Shamrock Series game, but it's a Wisconsin home game. So, is there a recruiting opportunity there? And does does Notre Dame want to get kids in NFL stadiums, or is it is it oh is it still the focus on getting kids on campus and having them? I don't campus? think they can if it's a yeah, if it's an away game. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to work this year. But honestly, like. That's never been a big thing for for Notre Dame. Like when they were in, like if they went to San Antonio or something like that, if they were away from this, like far away where there's like a hotbed, um, I, I think that I could see them being like, if it's a home game, they, they will get some tickets. I think that they could host some recruits in terms of like, and I, I don't I don't even mean host, like they could just get, give them tickets. Right? Yeah, but other than that, I mean, I don't think this game's going to be something that matters with it being in Chicago and stuff like that, even. You know, whether it's Chicago or, you know, Lambeau Field and things like that. Like, I don't I don't think that really has a big impact on recruiting. Um, I think the big, so ki- yeah. kids don't care about the idea that Notre Dame plays in X number of NFL stadiums a year. Like because Notre Dame plays that up a lot. But that, that doesn't really mean much to the average high school kid. I mean, that's never been something that like it's always about like everybody. This cycle has always talked about the four for 40 and life after football and um, the chance that they, you know, compete for a national championship, which is very real. I mean, that's facts. Like they've been doing that. Um, facts. Yeah. <laughs> um, just it is. I mean, that's the truth. But but they're not. I mean, nobody really talks about the uniforms and things like that. I forget who I talked to recently. They were super fired up about finding out that there was like real gold in the helmets. That was pretty cool. Um, but but when it comes to the comes to the Shamrock series, I don't think that's something that's big for recruiting. Um, well. Well, thanks. Thanks for clearing that up, Tom. You just proved 
I was oh, going to say, Josh is very happy because we had a disagreement about this quite a I while just, ago. I just I thought, know. you know, I, it's, not a big, it's not a big deal. All out these 80, kids in, out of the 85 guys, in high school, you know, probably 75 of them are never going to play in an NFL stadium unless they do it in college. Well, they so. think that these top, these top level, these four or five star kids and a lot of three stars don't believe that they're not going to make it to the NFL. They have total faith and confidence. And if they don't, you don't want them on your team. So a lot of these kids aren't thinking, oh, I'm, this is my only chance to play a Lambo. They're thinking they're going to be there, you know, in a few years, you know, playing for the Chiefs or something like, you know, something like that. I they don't have that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. In their eyes, Notre Dame signed, you know, 26 first round picks last year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <you> know, <laughs> right. That, right. That really is their mindset. But at the same time, I mean. You know, it's funny because like Aiden Gubira, I remember talking to him right before he committed and he was talking about how like the difference about Notre Dame is that like, honestly, I'm probably not going to like it's it's more likely that I don't make the NFL than I do. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, I've never in my life heard that from a recruit. It, <laughs> it, it says that like that. He was so realistic about like just the way things work. And we're talking one of the better pass rushers and defensive linemen in the entire country that guy who blew up in this class is really one of the more safe bets to make the NFL. Uh, for him to say that, like basically a light bulb went off that I was like, all right, this kid's going to going to Notre Dame because it just, he gets it. He understands the importance of, uh, of, you know, picking the school for a great degree and life after football and what it can do for you beyond the game. Um, man, he, it was, it was, it was very cool to hear a kid say that, that, that it wasn't all about, you know, I'm going to be a first round pick. I'm going to be a game changer. We're going to win four national championships, blah, blah, blah. It was pretty cool. It's pretty cool to hear that. That's cool. That's cool. Well, Hey Tom, you, uh, you ran over your time there, buddy. So I really appreciate, uh, appreciate you stopping by and, uh, and chatting with us. Always a pleasure. Let me know if you need anything in the, in the future, but it should be a fun week, fun, fun week or so for Notre Dame fans. So yeah, it's, it. it's, it's ready to get, it's busy season, man. It's, it's ready to, ready to pop off. Can't We're wait. ready for that. All right. Thanks again. You got, again, if you don't know who Tom Loy is, I don't know who you are. Uh, <laughs> I mean, who the hell are you? Uh, you can catch him over at, uh, Irish illustrated on 24 seven sports at Tom Loy. Is it? At Tomboy247 on Twitter, right? Yep, that's it. Yes, sir. Cool. Hey, he's got all the goods, man. He he knows he he knows it all. He knows he knows it months ahead of time. Uh, so you could bother him. Uh, apparently, uh, he said you could. Uh, his wife has all the goods too. She's got the she's got the notebook. She knows what's going on. So, but but maybe leave her alone. I'm just yeah. But leave her alone. Don't don't freaking bother Tom's wife. Best, don't be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> don't be that guy. You're gonna, you guys are going to go down to like the landing Tom and someone's going to walk up to you and be like, or walk up to your wife and be like, Hey, uh, so Andre green, uh, let's talk about him for a minute. <laughs> and you better buy me a lot of, you better buy me some dinner, some drinks. We're going to be hanging out. If you're going to be hanging out my boy. So you're going to do that in public. So. <laughs> That's a good time. Always. Thanks Tom. Thanks, you got Tom. it. Thanks guys. All right. All right, Tom. Take care, buddy. Thanks. Hey guys. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
Ooh, we are back. And again, big thanks to Tom Loy for coming on. Proving me right. Uh, proving Jude wrong. I I knew that I knew I was waiting to get set up there uh, from Jude on that question. And uh, it proves recruits don't care. They they don't care about these NFL stadiums. They all think that they're gonna play there eventually. So that was great. Yeah, and if if you think about NFL stadiums, there might only be two or three of note in the whole country because a lot of them are new and um, they don't have a lot of character history. Yeah, well, I mean, even if they don't have history, that some of them can have character. Uh, and they don't have that. That uh, Lambo might be the only one that I can think of that really has any. Certainly not Soldier character. Field. That crap. No, house. Soldier Field's a dump. It's got history, but it um, there's no character there. Yeah, there's no character. Uh, there's no like define. I, there's nothing that defines them. They're all very corporate and um, sterile. I think sterile's the right word for an NFL stadium. Um, Right, that's why that's why I can't stand college games being played there. Because not only are you getting a sterile stadium, you're getting a a very sterile environment. Yeah. It's just ugh. it's 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 different. And I know it, the biggest the biggest voices of that stuff are like, I went to this Shamrock series and blah blah blah, and it was great. That's great. It's because Notre Dame won and you went and you had a good time. It's awesome. Doesn't mean it's good. That does it not mean it's good. It just is what it is. It, it w- this year, when Notre Dame plays Wisconsin at Soldier Field, do, you don't think that would be better for that to be at Camp Randall? Yeah, absolutely. The only, the only argument I could see is that – and this is why I hate the fact that it's played in the Midwest, and it's why I hated the fact they played the game in Indianapolis. Uh, if you're going to do these things, put it somewhere weird or somewhere where – you know, alums and transplants can have an opportunity to get to a Notre Dame game. Because if you're a Notre Dame fan in Texas, you probably love, um, you know, when they got down there. I mean, everybody loved the the uniform. Right. That, but when that, they got up, that's a big thing that comes up that people across the country, Notre Dame fans, appreciate, you know, being able to see the game. Now, I that's the only always counter like go to a fucking away game, then they're playing all over the country. You can go to an away game, but I understand the sentiment. But yeah, playing it in Indianapolis or Chicago, that's just silliness. It's dumb. It's a waste. It's a waste of uh, resources, and it's a waste of a home game. And it, yeah, it's a waste of it's a waste of karma of of just flat out coolness for college football. New Rockney is rolling in his fucking grave. He didn't. I mean, the sweat, <laughs> the sweat and blood and tears for that man to get his house built. And you're decided to go to Chicago and play a game. Do you, do we, people don't understand that. Yeah, he went. He they played Notre Dame played all over the country because they fucking had to. He was trying to build a big ass house in South Bend. They got it built, so they didn't have to go do that anymore. So yeah. stop doing that. Yeah, I used to I used to eat ramen uh, like three times a day in college. <laughs> And it's not because I love to eat ramen three times a day. It's because I had to eat ramen three times a day <laughs> to get out of college, to get a job, right. to pay for better food. And now I don't eat ramen three times a day. So, I mean, 
you got to do the things that you got to do, but just but do because you, you had to ramen? do them, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't mean. Do you own any ramen in your house right now? Uh, yeah, I have the fancy ramens. I make my own ramen. I make my own fancy ramen now. Oh, see, no, I I I still got the 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 cheap college packs. Just, they're always yeah. on, they're on they're on standby. It's not a very. I mean, I'll, I'll have them every once in a while, but I like to have them on standby just in case. Feeling nostalgic. <laughs> I have a I had a few cups. Um, I imagine they're uh, expired and gross now. Uh, at the office, and maybe if I was slow on time, I'd have you know the just a cup of ramen, the Marochan cup. So you just drop the boiling hot water, set them for three right, minutes. Right. Uh, yeah. Well known. But, but yeah, just. Just because Newt Rockney did it doesn't mean that he wanted to do it. Um, so, yeah, you're right about the NFL stadiums. I'm sorry, Jude. Um, it just nobody cares about them except for I, I don't know. Do Do you think Jack gets the glad hand at these NFL stadiums? Is is that is that part of the the angle? I don't know. Gives- it's it's something to sell, like. It's something to sell and say, look at us and alumni like that and fans like that. And so, I mean, but the actual like positive things that you're getting back from it don't exist. I mean, or I, I don't, I would say don't exist. They're just not like, it's not as palpable. It's not, it's not right there in front of you. Like you would think it doesn't produce recruiting results. And it, for the people that say that it does and blah, blah, blah. Then show me the facts. Show me which commits came to Notre Dame because of these things. Show me which type, top five classes we got out of this. Show me which national championships. I mean, we've been doing these things for a long time. And so I'm not seeing that if we weren't, I can't see the difference. I, there would be no difference to what Notre Dame has been doing recruiting-wise. Do you think part of the problem, too, with these Shamrock Series games is that typically they're a shit opponent? And even even something like a Syracuse uh, 2018, that's just a paper tiger. I think it's a catch-22, right? Like, for for most of our Shamrock Series games, they've been a shit opponent. But what's a Shamrock Series game? It's a, it's, a, it's a time for Notre Dame to showcase how fucking cool we are and that we can go into the city and take over a city and – and have our band do this and do that. No, they're time it, square, it's a yeah. show. And so you're you're not really looking for the challenge for these things. So, you're almost avoiding it then. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really is like that. I mean, Arizona State was a little diff- different back in the day. And obviously now, you know, Wisconsin. And that just didn't make – it just doesn't make any sense. But I remember Jack saying that they were going to shift away from the – Shamrock series being like location based and more opponent based. And that's like, then you don't do it. If it's, if you're going to start shifting to like, we're going to base it off which opponents you can play, then stop doing it. Do a home and home. Well, it's, it, you're going to get better press. Like Alabama's done press this. That way. Alabama's done this where they've, uh, where they would schedule, um, that's that opener either in Jerry's world or in Atlanta, right? The, I don't know what they call the Jerry's World one, but it's the Chick-fil-A kickoff in Atlanta. This year, I think they're playing Miami, and they played Michigan one year and curb stomped them. They played USC one year and curb stomped them. It's just been something that Alabama's done. But even Alabama's moving away from that. 
it, it, it certainly just, changes the dynamic a little bit because Texas is in the SEC now. But they had they have Texas right. in 2022 and 2023 in home and homes. They they're doing the same. They have Wisconsin scheduled for home and homes. West Virginia, um, some home and homes. Florida State they have home and homes. They have an Ohio State home and home. Obviously Notre Dame. Uh, Alabama's moved away from this one-off model that they were operating on, and they've gone to home and homes because I I just and guess you and the Alabama athletic director are just on the same wavelength. Well, that's Alabama kind of had to because when you got when you're winning national championships, not one, but plural, and you can't get your fans to come to a home game, yeah, you got problems. And if you're sending off a, a game that should be played in Tuscaloosa, you're sending, you're sending it over to Dallas or to Atlanta. Yeah. That's a problem. And they're finding, they found that out. Season ticket and, holders demanded that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mercer and Southern Miss wasn't getting it done. So this year, so let's talk about 2021 for a second. Yeah. So we're all coming off of, we're coming off of COVID coming off of a, of a whole year with without full stadiums and, and all that this season, you're going to find people just like we are this summer in in state parks and all that. It is busting at the seams. People, they want to get out so bad. They created a Delta variant, <laughs> you know, it's people want to go and, and do these things. So I think this year you're not going to see people care. Really, not, I won't say you won't care about the opponent, but it's going to be, I mean, people are going to want to be doing something, but once that fades, you get past the season and you look forward again, Back it's going to be like it was in 2019 when Notre Dame's, you know, off streak broke streak. They, they find, I mean, it, it was a, it was a propped up streak anyways, but finally Notre Dame saw the emptiness of the gesture. Like, like people, you need to provide better games for people to go to. They, they can watch, Notre Dame versus New Mexico at home and feel pretty good about themselves rather than going to the game. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you got to, it's just like, it, it's a business. It makes money. It's just like anything else. You have to be able to provide the, the product that people want and the product people want, don't want is they, you know, they don't want shit games. They want something better. They don't have to, they don't have to be world beaters, but it's gotta be something better. So you got to line it up. So, and if you're, and that's what I'm saying, you're shipping off Wisconsin, you know, the last year that's, you know, if, if we would have had a reg, a real season last year, you're, instead of having Wisconsin come to Notre Dame, you're going to Lambeau. So okay. you can play Wisconsin and Chicago instead of Camp Randall this year. It makes no fucking sense at all. No. I mean, nobody, no. the, Nobody wants this. Nobody wants it. I mean, I except I for maybe I, I talked to the Wisconsin for maybe side ND Nation. Yeah, ND Nation guy who wants to get to his steak dinner now <laughs> is able to ease have an easier time. It's just it, it's so ridiculous. So, but here we are, right? That's we're 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 getting served a Soldier Field shit sandwich once again. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's so unenticing. It's like I can't. I'm so excited to get Wisconsin on the schedule. And then but you do this. It's like, what? 
I'm I am I am glad that it's it's this and not Wrigley. Because after having played two games in football stadium or baseball stadiums, right? There was the Fenway game where there was maybe were you worried they're gonna yards, break up pinstripes again? Maybe for, well, a little bit. Uh maybe five <laughs> yards in the end of the end zone of space when they were at Fenway. And then um, you know, Yankee Stadium as well. But do you remember when Northwest I think Northwestern played Illinois? Was it in oh, Yeah, they had to go half field. And they had to go half field. It was it was yeah. and they did score a touchdown on that side on like a pick six, I think. Or it was either a pick six or a, uh, a kick return. I think it was a pick six. Um, I mean, talk about throwback. Take it, that's like, that's like taking the game back to 1918, you know. I just Yeah, they don't uh, at least it's in a football stadium. And and I I hope that they're over this infatuation with putting them in baseball baseball fields because that was dumb i've just i i've been up and down the schedules over the next few years and i'm just like if they try to do this again i mean i don't think the shamrock series is going away unfortunately and I, but i'm looking at them like where do you plan on doing this like seriously like where where do you plan on doing here but i think like this game this year i kind of have a little bit of a theory you know, we had the argument over the summer about if this is a Shamrock Series game or not, right? Because this is a Wisconsin yeah. home game and, and all that. But Notre Dame's calling it a Shamrock Series game. So I think just as they're just, they could just say whatever's a Shamrock Series game now, right? So when they talk Wake Forest and uh, playing at Charlotte instead of at Wake Forest, they can just call it a Shamrock Series game. <laughs> They just bogart the the series, but what about, I think that's I honestly when think Wake that's Forest what's wants happen. to call it the Mayo Bowl, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Who, who, how, what, what happens there? Do we call it the? It's the Shamrock Series and the Duke's Mayo Bowl Classic. The grossest Shamrock Shake. You you mix mayonnaise with <laughs> the Shamrock Shake sauce. There's your there's your uh, pot art, Brendan. It's a Shamrock Shake made out of Duke's Mayo. <laughs> Duke's Mayo. Oh my God! Next year, next year, if you look at the schedule, it it will be Cuse, and it's whether or not we're going to call the Syracuse game played at the Meadowlands. Um, they will. They will. What? It's not the Meadowlands. Is this? No, it's uh, no. It's Met- not the Meadowlands. It's a MetLife. Yeah. Whether or not they 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 play the game at MetLife. I think they will. Now they have their now they have their opening. They can make any away game what? on a neutral site a Shamrock Series game just by you saying know what, it. Josh? This is the best of both. But, but that's a good thing, though. That's not a bad, this a great a bad thing. thing. This is great. This is great. Because because then you don't lose anything. Um, don't lose, and it's going to be these home. ACC schools with, with shit. Like you said, Wake Forest. That makes sense. You put it in Charlotte. Cuse, you know, put it in, put it at MetLife. But you can just yeah. go up and down the, the, the schedule for ACC opponents. Um, why wouldn't they go to Pitt? And they can play in an NFL stadium when they play Pitt, right? Instead of their college on-campus college stadium for if they uh, call for, if on, they call that game a Shamrock Series game, the slander, they got some balls. They got some balls. The slander is real. <laughs> they got some balls. They should do it to Miami too. <laughs> Get a fucking stadium. Your division uh. FBS program. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh. But yeah, it gives them an opening. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I I liked it when Notre Dame played Wake Forest at Wake Forest. I was loving it 
because that's fine. It's a college stadium. Who gives a shit if there's only 35? The people that are bitch about about it are most of the people are the ones that were going to go to the game anyway. So who fucking cares? Yeah. It's a quaint little spot. Let them go there. Not as motorcycle. That also helps strengthen my argument for play at Annapolis. Play at West Point. Yeah. You want to play at some cool cool places? Seriously. Listen, if if you want to prop this fucking Navy series up like it is, you know, on God level, then go to their house. Step it up a notch because Navy be fucking fired up for it. They would, they wouldn't do it every year because they, they like the whole, you know, new, they like the neutral site thing. They get to do yeah, with Notre Dame. Like, it makes them a lot. But, of, I, it but I guarantee that you say, Hey, uh, maybe you guys should do one of these at your house. They'd fucking jump on it. First one they could get in the books. They'd jump on it. Cause they want I, that. Yeah, I think so. There's, there's also part for Navy where it does the, the ticket sales they get for those NFL stadiums helps. Do help out. There. Yes. Yeah. But I think that there's also maybe some allure for it if it was just like a one-off. Maybe if there's some sort of stupid anniversary that they can pull out of the books. Because um, right. I imagine this would be a time where you know you could you could say, "Hey Jude, what's a what's a Navy anniversary?" And he could probably yeah. uh, Where's that spreadsheet at, you bastard? Well, he could reach an old magazine too, and <laughs> as a Notre Dame historian, he'd be able to 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 hit us with that. Like it is the 75th anniversary of, um, I don't know. I maybe throwing play, their first forward pass against Notre Dame. I went one game at West Point, and then I'm going to take an entire week off and just spend my entire week up there. Just like make it like October 23rd, like prime foliage season, up on the Hudson at West Point. Ugh. Just once, man. Just once. That's something that's cool. Not fucking Soldier Field. No, Ugh. there's nothing cool about Soldier Field. No, there's nothing cool. You know what's cool? Every time Green Bay beats them, baby. Every single <laughs> time. <laughs> oh shit. Well, yeah. You know what? I I didn't ask Jude about that. Like uh, historian Jude. There's the the Notre Dame librarian job is up. The Notre Dame historian job is uh is posted. He can uh Jude will take the Notre home. Dame historian job. I saw they had the uh, uh chief memer of uh, Notre Dame's uh, departments up too. I'll uh, snap <laughs> I, that one up. That was a pretty solid tweet too. Can you, you have to do a lot better than this? <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty solid. At first, I was like, what the hell are they doing? I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. Tricky kids. Uh, Speaking of tricky kids, got 85 plus. Ready to start putting it on the line this weekend. It's fall camp, baby. It's fall camp. We're getting there. So, with uh, fall camp, what's that? It hit me when, um, you know, I, I knew it was right around the corner and I saw the articles coming up, but. Um, listening to the uh, Inside the Garage podcast, Kyle Hamilton, Kim Hart. Um, facts. Facts. Uh, they were talking about it being a week away, and I was like, oh, shit, that's right. Facts. So, <laughs> facts. Man, you got to get – I got to tell you that I went into listening to their podcast 
with more than a, a, a healthy dose of skepticism. And two episodes, it's uh, it's a solid listen. If you're listening for the right things, it's a solid ass listen. If you know what you're listening, which is a handful of college age kids talking about being in college and playing football. And if, I mean, if you're expecting uh, a priester in, in O'Malley, you're not getting that. You're not getting that. It is, <laughs> it's good, man. It's it's there's phenomenal. Some, there's nuggets in there that to take. There's some solid nuggets. The fact that they they would rather be in the Big Ten than in the ACC. That's yeah. a juicy nug. The well, even that when they're Kyle talking Hamilton about was getting getting offered a shit ton of cash to go out one night by somebody. That's a nice juicy nug. Uh, even even some little things where um, just they're excited like the. I was a little bit apprehensive from the Tommy Reese um, podcast appearances that I heard about Kevin Austin. But when I'm hearing them talking about uh, specifically Kyle talking about Kevin Austin and the work that he's put in this summer and Facts. players the on bet. the roster, the bat, I just there's a part of me that there was a there was a little tingle that went up my spine thinking about, like, is this really going to happen? Yeah. To hear Kyle Hamilton wax poetically about Audric Estime's body. He sure did that. I, I mean, I I was I was lit. Beside yourself. Yeah. Oh, beside myself. I was lit. Facts. As a grown ass man that showed up in South As a grown ass man, yeah. Facts. So yeah, I'm pretty pumped. That's that's a it's a it's a solid it's a solid listen. It's a, it is, real, it is a very solid lesson, yeah. So uh, it's, definitely, definitely get if better. it's not on your rotation, get, get it in there. It's it's good. Yeah, yeah. This is Matt. look. Colin Cowherd is not paying me to say this. I'm I'm just telling you, listen to it, man. It, it's got some juicy nugs in there. We'll see how long they're allowed to keep up the the juicy nugs because sometimes it's a little <laughs> bit too juicy. Um, where like some that, of the things gonna like, be, man, the coaching staff can't be excited about this. Like. NIL or not, even like NFL, someone's sliding them a note. Like maybe you shouldn't have said this at the press conference or in this interview. Well, uh, oh, so, they're going to slander a guy pre pre game or post game slander an opponent. <laughs> and they were slandering sh- Sam Howell before they like they totally backed. They caught the, yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing Kyle Hampton say that. Yeah. That guy's elite. You barely played it. You dominated him. <laughs> And then you got kicked out. <laughs> I don't know. It was it was a good. It's good. It's solid. We Duke. We wax up. It's it's good. But anyways, but yeah, fall camps here. We got some stuff going on. First of all, I mean, what's the over under, Brendan, on days into fall camp? Before Jack Cohn is officially named the starting quarterback. I want to talk to you about this. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> there's a sneaky part of me. And part of it is the bug that you put into my head with Brian Lindsay liking, liking all the stuff. There's something there. There's something. There. I, I think that there actually might be something there <laughs> with Drew Pine. I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's absurd. And I think that Drew Pine is going to get a real opportunity. uh, Just to catch everybody up on, 
on what Brennan's talking about. Something I had noticed on Instagram is our good friend, Braden Lindsay likes, he has a lot of Drew Pine stuff in his Instagram stories. A lot. There is a, there is a, at least a preference of Drew Pine <laughs> as a friend in those stories. There's a lot of Drew Pine stuff by Braden Lindsay. And that's all I was saying. Like this, he likes him. And if you go back and watch spring ball, Lindsay caught some good balls from, from Pine. Yeah. So just, I could see him like, like when you're a receiver and there's a quarterback, I mean, and I actually remember this going on back in, um, in 07, you know, some guys just, they liked catching Evan Sharpley's balls. Sharpley. Yeah. Yeah. That there was something about the way he threw a ball football that was easier to catch catch for them. What, for whatever reason, I mean, which there are many different ones. So Brayden Lindsay might just prefer Drew Pine right now. I, and that's what I think. That's all I think it is. I think there's a preference there. I still, I don't think there's, I don't think that is telling in any way of, of how the race goes. I think, I mean, it's going to be Jack Cohn, as far as I'm I concerned. I think it's going to be. I, I, I think it's going to be Jack Cohn, but man, I I would not be entirely surprised if. No, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. I guess that's. Uh, like I am full on expecting it to be Jack Cohn, but if it isn't, maybe this is just, just like brainwashing from the Kelly era. But I wouldn't be surprised if if it wasn't if it was Drew Pine. I'd be shocked if it was Tyler Buckner. I would be just shocked. At, this, at least early just at on. This point. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I if, if that's his guy, I I, I have to feel. I, I have to think that that's Jack Cohn's the man. I don't. You can't let this drag out very long. You can't. No. It, it has to be known. It, it has to be. Everyone needs. Everyone needs to know their role, and that that includes the backup quarterback. You can't have him going. You, I know they're like, they talk about competition and all that. I don't think you're going to have much problem with cone or excuse me, with pine. If he's the backup for, you know, trying and practice to, you know, to, to be ready, he's going to be ready. So, but you got it. You got to start setting your team up with your leadership and who's where. And that's just a distraction. And, and, that's the big part is the distraction. And Kelly doesn't want to relive. Um, which is, you know, the nightmare. There's already too many parallels to 16 going on. So let's not like, let's not redo it. Right. Let's, let's not enter QB controversy into the mix. Splitting snaps in the opener. Against an over, against a team that's uh, good in name only. On a weird night. Let's not do that. On the road. On the Labor road. Labor Day weekend. Yeah. On an on a non college football Saturday. Yeah. Just, let's not relive that. Let's not relive that. Uh luckily BVG's not the defensive coordinator, so we won't be giving up, you know, forty five plus um <laughs> to a you know sixteen wheeler, but <laughs> Is that what uh, what uh, McKenzie Milton will be? Sixteen wheelers of eighteen wheeler because sixteen wheelers because of his injury. Yeah, I mean, he, 
He lost a couple of wheels. <laughs> lost a couple of wheels. And he, uh, he had to get some bigger ones. He's going to be out there with a walker. <laughs> I'm still not sold that Mackenzie Milton's going to be the starter. I don't think I, the Florida State beat. From what I've been reading, I don't think that they're entirely they, – they obviously are getting ready for their camp too. But there's some – Their fans uh, are pretty sold. I think their fans are pretty sold on it. Yeah, I think that – well, because he's the – it just – you know, he's the name. But right. I don't think that they understand that he's like – not the same guy that they saw uh, no. lose to Pitt. Was he the quarterback and that lost so, to Pitt? No. It was, uh, <laughs> and he's so far like, removed from actual competition. Like, yeah. Time. And, that, and who knows? I mean, they were, um, yeah, I mean, it was November of 2018 was the last time he took a snap, I think. Yeah. And he almost lost my, his leg. It was ridiculous. Absolutely. Most of my worldview about Florida State football right now comes from Andy Staples, who saw them up close and personal the spring game. Their offensive coordinator. Yeah. (laughs) And he is not even remotely impressed. And anytime Florida State has been brought up over the last couple of months, he is very quick to dismiss. And I put a little I put a little stock in that. I just do like if, if he would have saw a little more, a little something more. Now that's not to say that. I mean, they're yeah. still bringing in grad transfer, grad transfer. Yeah. They, didn't they just bring in it? They just brought in another one. Well, they got, they got a guy from Georgia. They got a guy from defensive end, from Georgia. They got defensive end from, um, uh, uh, Clemson. Maybe. I don't even know. Um, I can't think. I think they just got a uh, Juco kid um, who just, who just, uh, yeah, they added Mac, uh, Mac Leonard, Illinois yeah, they're state. Just, they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to get as much talent as they can get in there right now and sort itself out. And that's, that's still not a good recipe for game one against no. a, a well-polished. I mean, yes, there, there is some Marcus Cushney they, from Texas, Alabama, A&M. They added a, an edge rusher. Yeah three weeks ago, they're still adding guys. Their roster is just. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a, it's a jumbled mess. And I think go even Notre Dame with all the attrition they've had from last year, is still a pretty well old machine right now with Brian Kelly at the home for, you know, for this long, uh, most of the staff being there for a while, you know, Marcus Freeman coming in, but that's a, a that's a good thing. That's not, that isn't a new coach coming in as a mobile mess. That's a good thing. Florida State's going to have some issues going in. They're, they got some things to figure out. And that would be great if they were playing like Savannah State or someone like that, Florida International, before they had to play Notre Dame. But to get some of those things figured out, but they're going to have to figure them out against the Irish. I just don't know. I, just, I You know, and I could be wrong, but I just I just don't think they're going to be able to figure that out against those guys. Especially when you have, when if you're having some kind of – you're banking on Milton – and the guy hasn't played in a long time and he damn near lost his leg. And it's just, it's going to take some time still for him. Yeah. I, it, well, it's, uh, both you and I, I think are, it's a game we expect to win, but I think we're both a little bit nervous about it just because of the, the opener factor. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's got, I mean, it's got close, it's got close shit storm all written all over it. Possibility Shades of close shit storm is, 
Yeah, and may, maybe even tougher than that, even. Oof. I mean, yeah, with Louisville, you still had. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that was Louisville was tough. I mean, even though you know, book a quarterback, he wasn't a. He had some playing time in seventeen. You know, obviously Citrus Bowl. You know, started against North Carolina, but you know the whole offense revolved around Defar Armstrong. I mean, it, I cannot overstate how much that offense was supposed to revolve around Jafar Armstrong. And then he goes out in the first couple plays. And now you're like, what the fuck do we do? And for them to still do what they did in the middle, in the midst of all that, that's pretty impressive. So I don't know, but I just, I think it's Jack Cohn. It's going to be, he's between Jack Cohn and Drew Pine, who has, who has experience going on the road uh, in big crowds gets against a power five opponent. Jack Cohn. Right. So. It's weird to have a quarterback from New York and a quarterback from fucking Connecticut. be your one, two guys. It's just, no, a, I, I will say only one quarterback has played and taken live snaps against Alabama. Just <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but uh, Jack Cohn has a win against an SEC team, though, doesn't he? Uh, what the? the he's got a what? I'm bottom about tier? Yeah. I might be wrong. I have to. Go, I I would have to go back and look that one up. <clears throat> so that we got that going on this weekend. We're to start off with, and then I think there's just. The wide receiver situation is going to be a work in progress. It, it was wasn't finished guts from spring. There's just how could it be with Kevin Austin out and still figuring out your quarterback thing? And I think that's the big thing for me about getting Jack Cohn rolling is you know calling your starter is to get these guys acclimated. Everyone get on the same page as quickly as possible. And so for Michael Mayer, Braden Lindsay, Larry Keys, Kevin Austin, um, Avery Davis. I mean, there's just, there's a talent there, guys that have done some things. There's a lot of potential with some other guys. Got to figure it out. The depth is not there for sure. So Lorenzo Styles, Deion Colsey, Jaden Thomas, all three of those guys are going to have uh, a chance to kind of claw their way into some reps, which is pretty exciting. Cause, but you know, Brian Kelly doesn't play freshman wide receivers. No, of course not. He doesn't play freshman at all. That's oh yeah. Something yeah, does. Yeah. No, um, no freshman at all. Do, do we want to talk about the, the elephant in the room as far as uh, fall camp? And I know we've talked about receivers and guys coming back from things. We want to talk about the edge. Yeah, we can. <clears throat> so, Jordan Botello, the rumor is out there, but no, nothing has been confirmed about what it is officially. There's a lot of speculation, which, okay. 
Uh, but we do know that there's something going on because it's been confirmed by, I think, I think Priester confirmed that there's something, uh, but just what exactly that something is. <clears throat> but he did say it is, uh, you know, people start wondering about, you know, we're, we're thinking about like Dexter Williams, right? Weed, four game suspension. Right. Priester said this is an all or nothing kind of a thing. And I've seen some things about, you know, possibly PED uh, stuff. So maybe it's as simple as, but the NCAA is not involved. So this is internal shit. So I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff floating around. So I think the possibility of Patello playing for Notre Dame this year is literally a coin flip. I think it's 50, 50 right now. Just from what I've, can gather up from, from everywhere around us. And that's a big, that's a big loss. Will, you know, I didn't know Will Schweitzer was hurt. I, or at least I, if, if he did get hurt, I forgot about it, but and they, I know he's just a freshman, but we're starting to chip away at, at that depth that we were looking at in spring. And that's been a staple so, of Notre Dame for the last half decade yeah. is depth on the defensive line. Yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily think it's as dire. Yeah. Like, if Jordan, Bate- if Jordan Batello doesn't play this season, I'm not looking at it as dire as I think. Like some, like even some beat writers are kind of looking at it. Like that sucks for sure. But there's still pieces there. There's things to move around, and Marcus Freeman's a pretty good defensive coordinator. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, I think there's things that, that they can do to offset that. You just would rather have the good player. Well, no what doubt. Per, what percentage of the time that Jordan Patello would have been on the field? Would he have been running with the ones? You know, I don't know. I, I would maybe 50. They, they'd like to do that rota- rotation. Yeah. So, they, well, they did. True. But I mean, that's still, those are still Elson's guys. Yeah. They show Yep. That's true. So, you know, how that intermingles with, with Freeman, I'm not, I'm not sure, but I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I know that the Irish Illustrated guys are talking about, uh, Justin Abiola, maybe moving around, started talking about Nana, but I thought, you know, Osafa Mensi kind of really moved inside. I thought played more of an inside role in the spring. But, you know, Foskey, and that's between Foskey and Botello, that should have been taken care of. So maybe now Alexander Ehrensberger, you know, if, if Botello, if something goes on with Botello, you got to start looking. You know, Ehrensberger's a book boy, right? And he's got real like he, experience. He's got a sack. He, he does have some experience. He's got a sack. He's got a good frame on him. I mean, I don't know. Is, is he ready to be cut loose to, to take, you know, 25% of the defensive snaps in a, in a game, a healthy chunk. He may have to, I mean, is, yeah. I mean, he may have to, but that's the sort of the position. Uh, but I mean, like MTA, that's what a sophomore, a sophomore, a sophomore should be in a position where they can step into that role. Sophomore who had, well, it's tough to really say that he had a spring last year because they didn't. 
But he's been right. in the weight program, I guess, for a pretty good amount. I think of time. physically he's ready to go, but I just, I still with Ehrensberger, I, I know he's been in it. He, you know, he's been he's been in the Notre Dame program, but it, still, I'm not, I'm still wondering like how much is he catching up from that ridiculously cavernous jump that he had to take from playing in Germany to the States. Like I would think that he's he's close at least. Who do you uh, think has a better not. level of of football, uh, Germany or Connecticut? Connecticut. Okay. Talk about Aaron Hernandez's Connecticut. Well, yeah, but I mean the Asaph level Schwartz of football. Schwartz, Connecticut, you, right now. Uh, Drew Pines, Connecticut. Um, Drew Pines. Connecticut. <laughs> That's what kind of where Mike I was Gol- going. Mike Mike Golick, it's Connecticut. Junior. So I, I guess that, that, that's all I was a little bit curious about. Um, you know what? What's the? I guess Maine maybe is the worst state for football. Uh, can you think of a worse state than Maine? Yeah, Alaska. I, mean, sure. I, know the guy. Think of, I can't think of a single player from Alaska. I can't think of a single player from Maine either. Wait, you can't think of a single player from Alaska? Yeah, who do you, who's from Alaska? <laughs> you don't remember the wide receiver for Bowling Green? The Magnus uh, Magnuson or whatever yeah. that Bob Davey bucket just drooled over? No. Look, g- Google that. Magnus, His name's like Magnus or something. He from like Alaska. He played, yeah, he played a BG. He's a wide receiver. He's like number twenty-five or some shit like that. Yeah, Bob Davy would have him on the broadcast. It was just drooling all over him. Love this, love this Magnus. He knows how to play that football. <laughs> Bob Davy does uh this gravitate towards the. Uh, I mean, he's an offensive. Uh, he's not an offensive guy, but he he knew how to to really isolate those offensive skill players and get the most out of them. That was that was Bob Davies' calling card. Yeah, so Alaska at least has that guy. I'm not yeah, sure what Maine's has. I don't think Maine has anything. I didn't see you know the, the was didn't Erlacher go to like Idaho or something? I don't know. Somewhere out there. I mean, even like the Dakotas will put out, they have a solid, like lineman or a solid. They, I actually saw a very funny, um, uh, tweet out. Uh, it was a little slanderous, but I found it funny because it included (laughs) USC where it was, uh, you know, what school, if you were a, you know, high school, five-star, uh, quarterback, what school would you want to go to to make it to the NFL? And I think it was uh, PFF College put it out there. And USC got included in there, and everyone was dunking on USC because they were like, yeah, uh, who? Um, who? Who are they putting out? Because the correct answer, I guess, from the choices was probably Oklahoma. But the real correct choice is it's North Dakota, Dakota State. Because you don't even need to throw passes, man, and you're getting drafted no. the first that is like, I mean... North North Dakota State, there there are. I thought about that during the draft. Like, they're just killing Notre Dame right now in quarterback recruiting. <laughs> killing yeah. them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, Trey Trey Lane's <laughs> barely he threw like half the amount of passes that that Ian Book threw in the first half of last season, and it's just right. like, uh, all right, okay, okay, 
first round. First round. Let's do it. Looks like it. Maybe he, maybe he'll be great, but. Well, I just think so. Going back to the defensive ends, Viper especially, <clears throat> like, and he just, he just keeps passing like over the brain as MTA. Like I'm right. not, I'm still not 100 percent sure how they're. You know, we saw stuff in spring, but is that what that's going to be in this for the season? It could be completely different. But I mean, you got MTA looks good coming off the edge. I mean. Basically, Patello and MTA are a lot alike. You know, they're not, they don't have that. Neither one of them has that like length of an edge guy. That like that, that stupid, like, like a like Foskey has. Right, right. The wingspan. So, I mean, really, so if you can count him as a Viper. So between him, Foskey and Ehrensberger, I guess that's not terrible. And if you have to, you can throw Justin Abiola over there instead, you know, kick out. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Nana does play some, some DN there. I don't. He's had I some injury, you know, injury bad luck. Yeah. But it. But I think it, I think they screwed. Usually him this would be. Way. Yeah. Usually this would be the time where he he should be flashing anyway, right? Should be given well, something. Another guy that they had moved out to Viper. Okay, my scholarship chart on the on the site is all messed up. <laughs> so, but. Uh, as a Asita Aquino, was another guy that they moved him to edge. And another guy, but he's he's got an injury going on right now. So, yikes! So, I mean, there's some definite issues now. If like again, pretty sure was acting like this was an all or nothing kind of deal. That's you know, that's odd. probable. So if it's all or or nothing, <laughs> however much way you want to look, take take it or. He, if he gets to play this season, we're sitting good. If he doesn't get a play, there's a wait and see kind of look about how how things are going to get put together. But I, I have to imagine that it, this isn't going to go past the the cloud of of uh, of not knowing isn't going to go go past this weekend. We're going to know. I mean, this is one of those things where you should know by the. Second week of camp or second day of camp, or, right? Or you should know the, probably right now. Like, I, like if this, well, this isn't involved in the NCAA. This should just be it. And I don't know. I have no idea. Does this involve the Duloc? All right. The, does this have something to do with some something like that where they always seem to like take forever yeah. in a day? I don't know. But if this is something that's internal football wise in the program. This should already be known right now, I would think. So maybe, so maybe it's not, because then they could like leak that out. They're like, it's fine, or it's or be prepared for uh, him going bye bye. I mean, at least it makes it makes camp interesting, right? <laughs> we do love a little camp intrigue. Um, it's uh, and you know me, I love silent things. I love silent commits. Of silent injuries, I love silent oh, yeah. suspensions. All of that is just delightful. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I was just thinking too. Uh, Saturday, I'm going to be up on uh, Lake Michigan. <laughs> I, I am not going to be at practice. I'm not going to be at the press conference. I'm going to be at Lake Michigan on uh, Thursday, buddy. Oh, good for you. Making a trip yeah, out I, to uh, the South Haven. 
you know, South, we're, we are, we're going to go slumdog it. Michigan city. I, I love, I, I honestly love Michigan city. I don't care about, I don't care about any of your other opinions about Michigan city. I like going up there. Washington park beach is huge. It's got, it's a good time. It's a good time. We've once you we, find a beach that you like, though, when when you find a beach that you like, yeah, that's it. Well, and what's I think that's important a, with kids? What's important with kids is what you know. Strategy, where the yeah, bathrooms it, are. It's all about familiarity. Yeah, and we we've been take, we've been going to the Washington Park for a long time, and generally, like with all our kids, like the first place that we've took them to, and it's it's easy. It's a it's two hours from my house to that parking lot there. You know everything that's up there. It's, it's just it's ease of use. And now we've gone to plenty of other places, you know, up and down west coast of Michigan. And I don't know, just like it's harder to go. Like the first time we went to Silver Beach, first of all, I got me a, like a sixty-five dollar parking ticket. Oh, I <laughs> the trip. Fuck it, I I hated it. You know, and everyone talks their shit like, oh, you got to get this. Silver Beach Pizza. You get there, they're talking about two and a half hour wait. Fuck you. You tell Dil- you tell Dylan he has to wait two and a half hours to get a piece of pie. Listen, if the day's hot enough, you could toss a home run in on the dashboard, go swim for a few hours, and come back, and, and that puppy would. And see, that's the hot. beauty. That's the beauty of Washington Park Beach. I don't need to do that. You know what I need to do? Walk up to the little sand and order me up a piece of pizza. Because you know what pizza they're making? Home run in. Oh, well, right there. Now, on the, fucking now the truth comes out. Now the truth comes out. <laughs> it's it's right. It, that's what it is. The first time I ordered up pizza, there's another place. Uh, I think it's called like Little Giants or something like that down the road. And we were going to go there. And it's like, you know what? They got pizza here. Let's let's just let's just get that. We'll, we'll have pizza on the beach. So went up, got it, sat down, opened it up. Thought, man, this looks familiar. Took one bite, instant. I know what this is. I know what this is, and I was overjoyed. This is amazing. Yeah, they're just they're just cooking up home run in over there. Well, the whole reason you uh, chose your beach is because of home run in. I get it. And I think it was. I'm not judging. I think it was fifteen, sixteen bucks for the seven dollar home run in pizza. Yeah. Essentially, uh. If you get them on sale, you could have had three of them, but um, you couldn't have had one of those home run in pizzas at the beach. So, yeah, it was that's a, that's a good call. It's an excellent call. But yeah, I'm gonna spend some time. You know, the kids got school coming up, football. My daughter's in volleyball and cheer, and that's taking up a lot of her time. And I'm just like, you know what? I can write about this all when I get home. The the beats got it covered. They'll take care. Of it. Uh, there's no rush to print for me uh, on this. I'll 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 keep tabs of of it, of course throughout the day and all that. But I'll 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 wait till I get home that night and get the sand out of my ass crack. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll go spend some time with the kids uh, before school gets going. But anyways, I'm not sure where the hell we're going with that. What well. Yeah, so so go ahead. I think we're going to I think we were thinking about asking the same question. Will you ask it? What do you ex- what do you expect to see uh from those early practice reports and 
both good and bad? Mm. <clears throat> well, are we talking about day one or are we talking about like after a week? I think I, I think maybe the day one. So let's say after a week. So after okay. a week superlatives, because I, I don't know if there's going to be much gleaned from. And there's two practice. There's two practice of media availability. Is that right? Uh, I don't got it in front of me. Um, I thought that's I am going to. Yeah, I am going to go up for one or two of them, at least uh, of the viewings this year. Um, Oh, hell, I don't know where I put, Oh, here it is right in front of me. So there's two full practices. One's on the 19th. Uh, the other one's on Tuesday, August 10th. No, that's no access on that. Uh, My birthday, August 12th, full practice. Happy birthday. Yeah. I probably won't be at Notre Dame on my birthday. Just, We'll see. I don't know. Maybe we will make up to something. I don't know what the, I really don't know what we got planned. But anyways. So yeah, so by my birthday, uh, that Thursday night, we should have a lot of dare I say answers. Right? Your weekend. I would hope so. Yeah. So what kind of answers, good and bad, do you do you foresee? Well, for starters, something that isn't isn't a fresh idea. This is stuff we've been talking about for months. I, I said it, you know, well, the last call. I think Patterson's going to be the center. And I now I've seen people talk about if that's the case, then Carell moves the left card. I don't know if that's going to be the case. It might be. But I have a hard time believing Carell is anything more than a center. Like there, there's some, there, not, there's some, there's some size the issues ball. there. Yeah, if he can't snap the ball effectively enough to be your center, well, I think it go. I think it goes beyond that. I think that I think this is tricky. It, Patterson it wasn't like he was promised a left tackle job. It was just kind of like the assumption after last year that he was going to kick out from center to left tackle. We all talked about it, but now that it pretty much looks like Blake Fisher freshman is blocking that job down. Where do you put Patterson? Who's your best offensive lineman period easily. Do you put him at left guard? Keen Madden. Um, uh, sorry. You put all of right guard. He's I mean, an all American. Yeah. I mean, Kane Madden both made things simpler and complicated at the same time. I think that's what I think. Kane Madden is the reason why you're right is why you, I think Patterson is afforded the ability to play center and yeah, to so go. I think he NFL. just would rather play center than go to guard, whether it's left or right. Doesn't make for this, for this statement. It didn't really matter. If he's not going to play left tackle, he might as well play center where he's an All-American. And he's also on the Remington Award watch list. Yeah. So Something about that, I just make sure people understand. The Award watch list kids, these are names submitted by SIDs across the country. This isn't like somebody the, uh, forgot to submit Jack Cohn's name. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe they did submit it, but they... 
but uh, Davey O'Brien just wasn't listening. Uh, but these names, uh, the SIDs like push forward. I mean, that it helps out these awards to get all this. So that way, they, now these guys aren't watching everyone's films from across. There's a reason why there's, and it's a reason also another reason why these lists are long. These right. watch lists aren't so big. Now they got a base to watch. But if you're in the for the Remington, you're center, man. Right. You're center. And that's so, not a bad lot. I think maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and obviously before, that may have been a bad lot. But NFL teams are drafting centers in the first round. That's something I think that it's happens a, now. I think Patterson's in a great position. Number one, I think he so was too. He was if he wasn't the best center in college football last year, he was second top best. two. Yeah. Yeah. He was he the, wasn't the, the best. Dude, he was from, the second best. dude from Bama was pretty fucking good. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. You were I mean, that's a great thing. So I, I if you're putting your best five guys on the line, and I think with all the attrition that Notre Dame had from last season, I think that's absolutely what you have to do. I don't see Zeke Carell as being your best option at the other guard spot. That's he, the he has a size. He has a size. He's just not big enough. Is there Maybe a better? It, well, is there a better option at guard? You know, it, and, and that was right. the thing for Patterson too, was, was there a better option for guard than there was for center? It, like, is the, is the guy who would play guard instead of Patterson better than Zeke Corral would have been at center. And I think the answer is yes. Especially I mean, with, with where, Madden stepping in. That's I guess like where is it simple. where is it written that you can't Quentin Carroll can't go to guard or Michael Carmody. And by the way, those two names I both I said, Quentin Carroll or Quinn Carroll and Michael Carmody, both those guys took reps at center in the yeah. spring. You know, as they're trying to find a guy, I mean, Brian Kelly said it, they're trying to find a guy who can stab the ball. You know, it's not just the fact that Patterson's head and shoulders, the best center on the team. But if you move him, you know, Carell, that, that comment from Kelly suggests that Carell was struggling. Maybe not like a hardcore struggling, but enough for them. Like we need to fucking find us some more guys to snap a football. That's exactly what Brian Kelly said. I mean, hell, you like you could have Rocco play guard, right? And and he had some first team reps in the spring, right? Spindler. I'm just I I'm I'm not a hundred percent sold that Rocco is ready at, I'm at not guard either. as a freshman. I but think he I, can be. I also think you could have Tosh, Tosh Baker play right tackle and very easily you could have Josh Lug play guard as well. I think he could, but I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if that's what's happening. I think if Lug wanted to play, you think he has wherever he wants to play, he, he gets to pick where he, he's going to be right. tackle. I, right I would say I wouldn't go that far. I would just say it's, it's, it's the, what's not being said, right? Like, that's where he's at. He's a right. He's the right tackle. That's just the way it's going to be. And he, he's afforded that because of his veteran status. Right. And all this is ridiculously important when it comes to the offensive line. It's not like wide receivers or at linebacker, right? Running back. It's, or it's, it's like a that. different, 
it's a different monster on the line. And I think Lug, you know, he's going to be your right tackle. And that's fine. That's I, I just don't see that they're going to move him anywhere to, to create spots. Just like I think Patterson is going to be the guy at center because if he's not going to be at left tackle, they're going to he's going to be in his zone of, of center. You know, is Rocco Spindler ready to go? I don't know. We'll see. But like Zeke Carell, this is a guy who's who's having a hard time getting up to 300 pounds. That's not exactly guard stuff. You know, Sam Mustafer, could he play? Is what that reminds me of. And Sam Mustafer was never a guy, <coughs> excuse me, that I could ever imagine being shifted into guard for an entire season. That's your starter. And plus, you, Key Madden, he's not exactly huge. I mean, he's no, over he's three Hondo. Sick. But he's only he's six, six two. two and a half, maybe. And his you know, calves are the size of a fucking redwood tree. <laughs> he's got the farmer cankles, man. They are just. Oh no, I was. I wanted you to say cankles because I wanted to say cankles. Um, there I'll is no. Cankles. There is no that distinction is, between. There's ankle there's no definition from that knee to the foot. It is just no, a it is, solid. It's if a god reached down and broke off a tree trunk and made the legs. That's it. That's a cankle, man. But, I mean, Rocco, he's pushing. He's almost 6'5 at 315. Yeah. It's a lot of size. That's a lot bigger than Carell. So, is, does, does Rocco make it your best five? Well, you know, it, you you got to have that size, man. I just, I can't see, it, 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 I could see them using Corral there. I just think it would be a mistake. Uh, and one that would be corrected probably soon enough. You know, I can't see that lasting very long. You got two, you have two weeks. And I think that, I, I think it's important to, to point you know, maybe out. Maybe they'll that, give Corral, maybe they'll, I could see them, I could see Corral starting there. To start camp, like say, say this, say, say Patterson's, so Patterson's your center. Well, Corral pretty much thought that was his job, right? Just like Patterson thought left tackle. Blake Fisher's, you know, fucked everything up by being super good. Yeah, yeah. That's how good he is. He's changing things. But I think you kind of like owe him the chance for PT. Not, not owe him playing time, but you owe him the chance. There's a big difference there. So give it to him. I mean, I, I, I would, I'd be okay with that. Like you, you, you owe him the, the opportunity to, to, to compete for that spot for sure. And not just like in name, like in actually like, here you go. Let's see if you can do it. I just don't know if he can do it very long. And a big part of why you think um, he deserves that that opportunity too is because he is uh, hashtag Ohio, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the more Ohio players you have on the offensive line, so I, I know you didn't. Ohio State. Brendan didn't get a chance to to listen to the interview we had with with Loy and uh, with Jude, but uh, there was more than a few times. Uh, 
Brendan, where I mentioned Ohio. Uh, Lloyd thought that was uh, pretty Amazing. comical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he also talked about uh, my boy, Liam Eikenberg, as far as like guys you don't ever want to fuck with in your life and no. would just beat the living shit out of you and watch you die. Liam Eikenberg. And I'm like, goddamn right. That's <laughs> that's a hashtag on how it's up to right there, baby. That's why Notre Dame is uh, pulling the the best players in the state of Ohio now. That's just what they do. Yeah, it, that's the new uh, normal. Tom, yeah, Tom was hush hush on the silent commitment of uh, Sonny Styles. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would be. <laughs> I, I I tried I tried to push it. And, uh, the the uh, giggle was the answer. <laughs> If any if anyone didn't love the bit of hashtag Ohio, if Sonny Styles commits, you will be absolutely insufferable to them because that state is officially on lockdown. Oh, dude! If we get Sonny Styles, we just lock down the number one and number two and players number two. in the state of Ohio. Which, if you guys don't know, he's the brother of Lorenzo Styles and is a he's a safety, right? Safety linebacker. So that would be. He's a, incredible. That's what he is. He's yeah. fucking incredible. Uh, 2023 class. Yeah. Oh, Ohio State's never lost number one and number two. I, I don't know if that's certifiable. I, I don't know if that's ever happened. I don't know if that's ever I don't happened. think it's ever happened. And they sh- they certainly don't lose the number one defensive end. And they did. Because uh, that's something just what they do, right? Well, I guess they haven't technically lost anything yet, but no, no. I mean, they they've lost like top guys like Michigan before, like that. Michigan's known to come in, come in and grab themselves a traitor uh, to the state. You know, Desmond Howard, traitor to the right. state of Ohio. Depending on the position, De- defensive yeah. end is one of those ones where like the vest never let them leave. Well, that's why they call them the governor, right? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think. I Trestle and his brother, they 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 really had the state on lockdown, and but it was a whole different ball game then too. Where when Urban got there, he he changed it all up. He I won't say he fucked it all up. I mean, they won a national championship, but yeah, that helps. There, there was a there's a thing about. Ohio players at Ohio state and they were still elite in doing it. And now it is, it is a much more national roster, but anyways, but you st- regardless losing your top, top two guys is in state fucking unheard of. Yeah. But they're not traders of the state. Cause you're going to a private school. It's not like you're going to fucking Ann Arbor, right? They're trying to further their education and their uh, worldly, um, yeah. you know, yeah, so it's perfectly different. fine. Perfectly fine. You are not like my my youngest son, Dylan. I really <clears throat> have him on a kick right now about about uh, loyalty, like absolute loyalty to whatever, to the family, to the state, to your school. Do, like, have I you awarded him his first armbands yet? <laughs> no, but I I need I need to have the ceremony because I think he'd eat it up as much as anything. <laughs> and do the whole whole salt and and dirt uh, thing going on, but 
he he said this is my favorite phrase I ever heard him say, and he said a lot of cool things, but <laughs> I can't remember what happened. And he but he goes, ah, the betrayal. It's a betrayal. Like using that word as a five year old, it's a betrayal. Fuck yeah, dude. Like I'm getting this, this guy. You're doing it right, man. I'm getting this kid on lock. Like he got, he's gonna understand loyalty. Uh, growing up, it's just it's important to me. Being loyal is important, and that's great. So yeah, no, the Styles brothers, they're perfectly fine coming to their name. Perfectly fine. It's come on over, Sonny Styles. I mean, look, Lorenzo is going to be really fucking good. Yeah. And, and do you really want your dad to worry about which game he's going to go to? Because you're going to be really fucking good, too. No, so and, really be and plus good. everyone will show him pictures of the A.J. Hawk, uh, Brady Quinn split jersey, and he's going to be like, oof, I don't know if I want to wear one of those numbers. I can't, can't do, do that to my parents. parents. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. It's fine. We love them. But anyway, so all right, well, that's we ended we we ended up talking about Sunny Styles after we as a part of our offensive line discussion. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's exactly how it should be done. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a, a bigger question right now is one that I, I, I would say, well, there's less pieces to it, is at cornerback. On the Inside the Garage podcast, they called Cam Hart the starter at corner. Yeah. I'm and he'll definitely be going is, into the, the I would I would say that he's the – so, yeah, I mean – that's not like that's not far fetched. Like like yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah, Cam Hart's a starter at at the boundary. Yeah, the field gets a little trickier. The field Does gets it? a lot trickier. I I mean, look, there is I, a I rewatched I rewatched the North Carolina game. There is a prodigy. Tracy just got flat out fucking owned in that game. Flat out owned against there North Carolina. A, there is a prodigy at Clarence Lewis in Clarence Lewis who's out there. Um, who's behind him? Yes, there are in fact people so you, people out there. So you're sticking with Lu- you're sticking with Lewis. Yeah, well, for sure, one hundred percent. I think Bracy rises ab- rises above. Ooh, you think that he gets his headspace back and? Yeah, yeah, I do. And jumps over the prodigy. I do. Um, just like it just it, it it it's it's a little it's a dog smell. I just I, I caught a little set is all, and I I just think I just think there's a little there's more football left in Trick Bracy than what because he played he played some really good reps for Notre Dame, and as a former DB, I you know there, you're gonna have. There is the opportunity to really go down a fucking dark tunnel when things go incorrectly. Gary Gray was a good cornerback for Notre Dame that went down a dark tunnel in Ann Arbor and just kept falling. He never got his headspace right back after that game. 
I think, I mean, so, but it doesn't mean that you can't. I think, I think Bracey can, but I don't mind. I mean, are you, are you going all Ted Lasso on him and tell him to be a goldfish? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, two weeks ago, I wouldn't have understood that reference. Um, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, I'm kind of cool with either way. Like I, you get this, you, you have the short hook with either player, right? Yeah. Whoever's the starter over there, it's the short hook. Cause you got the other guy like Cam Hart. He's got, he's got a longer pole on that. I mean, who's, who's backing him up? Is it, um, is right. it Ramon Henderson? Is that it? Is that the list? I mean, maybe boundary? Philip Riley. Maybe probably, probably Philip Ryan Riley. Barnes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I I honestly do not. I don't know. I think I think this is like we're focused on who's starting, but who's backing them up is a who's whoa. backing them up. I think is that's the questions I have with the well, and I think for me it's not the corners as much. I have questions about where the synergy and where the rotation is with the linebackers, and it's Freeman's bread and butter right as a linebackers guy um and he he spoke to drew white absolutely as your middle right he's the mic but yeah i'm i'm not entirely sold about what the rest of the rotate what the rep is bo bauer going to be there on the field at the same time as drew white um is shane simon going to be an everyday every down starter I mean, Jack Kaiser, um, Isaiah Pryor flipped into the mix. Uh, obviously, Maris Leofile is going to get a bunch of snaps. Um, Paul Mwala, J.D. Bertrand. There's a lot of guys, and I, I'm interested to know, uh, not sort of unlike the 20, what was it, 2018 season where there were some questions about linebacker. Um, I'm interested. Or was it 2019? Was it 2019? Was that the year of the the linebacker question? No, it was it was 20 it was 2018. Yeah, because that was it was Clark Lee's first year as DC, and it was that. Was it 2018? I think it was 19 because there were I actually now that I think about it I think it was 19 because there because 2018 had Drew Tranquil. Yeah, so yeah, because tw- yeah, you're right. It was 2019. 19 was the coming Cause they, out because they of were JOK. They were gone. Drew White came out as the starter day one in spring, and then went home and got hurt, and everyone like basically wrote him off. Yeah, he went the, <laughs> the entire summer, and then it was Drew White. <laughs> right. So. That's the position. That's the position. I'm. I think I want some spring answers for is the rotation. Um, and 2019 also was the year of Asmar Bilal, um, where everyone was like, that's not a thing. Uh, and then it was, and he had a fantastic season. And JOK yeah. popped off, and I'm interested to see, um, could Isaiah Pryor have that kind of Asmar season? Could he end up getting himself into the mix? I don't know. I don't think so. But where, where would he be? Be it Rover? Kaiser's got that pretty well locked down, you'd think. But I don't know. I'm interested in the linebacker position. I just there's there's a I lot just of think there's options there. The, yeah, there's a, there's lot, of a lot of options, and I just want to see. I gotta tell you, how thick is JD Bertrand? 
Jesus. He's put together, man. Dude, that guy is the quads on that dude are sick. And then he's rocking like an eight pack. I, I, he looks like a fucking He-Man action figure. J.D. Bertrand's He-Man. Uh, <laughs> he's fucking yeah. He-Man. And we're, we're talking 1980s He-Man, not the, the He-Man that Kevin yes, Smith yes, on yes, yes, killed yes. off. But yeah, there's a lot of guys there. I mean, I, I still feel Drew White, Bo Bauer um, are going to be next to each other at Mike and Will. That's going to be interesting. The, then the Rover, it's just going to be a lot. I think it's going to be a lot like last year. I think depending upon, you know, how good Wallace feeling, yeah. but even then Shane, Sy- Shane, Sy- Shane, Shane might be more of the, like rotating in on the will. I don't know, but Jack Kaiser, Maris Lewifile. I mean, just, I think there's going to be just to be some movement, some rotation going on there. I mean, I just, I know everyone wants to talk about freshmen. I don't. I I just don't see no I don't see any Pat really for like Prince Kali or Kahuna Kia this year. If there is, no. then I'll be pleasantly surprised and also disappointed at the same time because there shouldn't be. But I don't know. That's you're right. I mean, I, I want to see how that shapes up because you can only play so many guys on the field at once. They gotta. They got a healthy number of guys. So how's that going to shake out? I mean, I want to see, is it Houston Griffith or DJ Brown that plays next to Kyle Hamilton? Who's out there most of the time? Yeah. Uh, you would, you would think Houston cause he's, he's back, but you would think DJ Brown also, uh, I mean, dare I say it, played a better game against North Carolina than Kyle. I'm, I'm just saying, they, I'm just saying North Carolina didn't score. <laughs> well, and he, and he played a better DJ game Brown. than, he played a better game than Griffith. Cause yes, he did. Griffith, came, Griffith was the first one in when Kyle went out in that first half. And then Brown came in and basically took all those snaps, thrust away. Yeah. So, and we saw how that went pretty well. I don't know. I mean, Griffiths is, is the guy that I, I can't even remember the exact question you asked, but I was like, pleasant surprise. Like, I, I really want Houston Griffith Me to, too. to do well this season. It, it, like I have nothing against DJ Brown at all, but Griffith is the, was the higher trader recruit. And the only reason that means anything is just to show that this guy didn't bust out. It, it's a bad, it's a bad look. When you, when you, you want him to have the highest rated guy from the class if he yeah. finishes this time at Notre Dame is with nothing, that's not a good look. You want him to have a good quality season. You want him to have that, you know, McKinley year. Right. Well, I would, I would argue, you know, McKinley had a fantastic season last year and I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. And good for him. You know, and he was yeah. the highest rated receiver and probably on the, he was the highest rated receiver on the roster. Right. Is and I'm, and I'm pretty Austin? sure. Well, healthy is um, the highest rated healthy. Say that was. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he's going to make the Lions roster. So. Right. I mean, we're we're pretty sure that McKinley's going to make the roster. I, he'll at least get. He'll play preseason games. But, I mean, that's a big jump up from where it was a year and a half prior. Yeah. 
But no, I I'm rooting for for Griffith. I nothing against Brown, but I just uh, I don't know. And look, and DJ Brown, he's got an extra year. I guess Griffith does too, technically. But yeah, everybody's got that COVID yeah. year. Yeah, it's it's such a hard <laughs> it's such a hard thing to wrap around your head. You know what I mean? <laughs> After all these years, you're so used to certain uh, looking at players a certain way because of eligibility. Now it's like, oh shit. Yeah, you and Dabo on that same wavelength, man. Only one of you getting paid but, nine I million. Mean, I mean, out of those base four though in the secondary, and so we'll just we'll just say we're base five. You know, let's let's say it's Houston Griffith next to Kyle Hamilton, and Cam Hart's on one boundary, and then the combo of Tariq and Bracy and Clarence Lewis, and. People are a little nervous, and I've seen a little trash talk, but Kyle Hamilton is still on that that secondary, right? Like, there's, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I mean, we joke Kyle about Hamilton. Clarence Lewis, but like, he had a pretty good freshman season, no, right? He did. I, no, he did. He did. I, and we joke about it, but I think you know with Tariq Bracy and Clarence Lewis, but. There's not I don't think that there's questions about the nickel I, because I think that you have five experienced cornerbacks and you I just I don't know, man. It just it confuses me where when you say secondary is a question mark and Kyle Hamilton exists on this plane of, um, you know, that this this mortal coil, what how does that make sense? And especially when you have experienced guys there that are, I, I don't think Clarence Lewis is a corpse. So. Yeah. And <coughs> we're not going against Alabama's wide receivers. No, that we know from last year that we know of. So at least not I'm yet. Com- I'm comfortable with that. And it's still not going to be the Alabama's wide receivers from last year. <laughs> You're not even going up against North Carolina's receivers from last year because they're all gone. Exactly. And you're not going up against Drake London's great, but who else is there on that USC roster? Well, sure. Shit ain't going to be Brew McCoy. It's not Brew McCoy uh, because he's (laughs) he's a uh, um, aggravated assaults got him out for the foreseeable future. So I don't know who's the receiver. Who's the who's the team with the it's not going to be Tamori and Terry week one for Florida State. He gone. And I mean, Brown's gone for like UNC. It's just there's there's a lot of questions about the wide receiver. Who's the wide receivers at Wisconsin? Um, they have some questions there. Even Cincinnati, Michael Young, right? Is is that is that the big is Michael Young the best wide receiver uh, this side of Drake London that, that Notre Dame's got lined up on the schedule? And we know he'll quit. Ten yards away from a touchdown. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Cut inside, god damn it. Oh, shit. So, I don't know. Do you, let's ask a few questions here. Brendan, who do you think is going to kind of explode in fall camp? Oh, I mean, it's Kevin Austin. 
I think um, that's going to be the one. Do you remember the? It was it was um, the Chase Claypool year when Pete Sampson was talking Michael Floyd, Chase Claypool. I think that the one practice, the first practice that the media gets to see, they're gonna do this thing that they do now, where they make uh, Jack Cohn throw the ball long, like they did in the spring videos. And I think Kevin Austin is going to turn heads this spring. I think the beat's going to be a little more cautious with Austin. Like they're all going to be thinking it, but I, I, I'm not. I maybe, maybe, yeah. I think they're going to be a little cautious about it. Like it, like if he, if Xavier Watts did the exact same things as Kevin Austin then they would report about it completely differently. Right. Because it's that new, that new hotness. You've got burned by Watts. Yeah. Yeah. You got burned by Austin. And now it's, it's still a, I don't know, man. Talent's talent and seeing sick ass shit on the field is seeing sick ass shit on the field. And Kevin Austin, I think is perfectly capable of throwing some sick ass shit on the field. And he's throwing that sick ass shit that we all think he can do. And he doesn't in practice. People are going to talk about it. Facts. So maybe I'm just talking shit out of my sick ass. Facts. Um, Facts. Is there somebody other than Kevin Austin that, that you could see? Cause it's tough for offensive line to kind of make that sort of um, an impression, but I'm going to, some- I mean, I'm going to stick with my, I'm going to stick with my boy a little bit and estimate. Ooh. Like I, I think they're, I think there's several pl- several younger players, freshmen and sophomore, that can make some big splashes in fall camp. That can raise some eyebrows. I met I, Watts actually is one because he's got the speed. So is there's some stuff to put together there can do it. <clears throat> but I think in the fall camp setting, knowing that Kyron Williams and here's the key, knowing that Kyron Williams is your starting RB one and Chris Tyree is your one a or one B or whatever you want to call it. Like he's going to be getting his fair share. You know what you got there. So now it's some competition time and SIBO is going to have to fight off digs and estimate for the, you know, for that stuff. Scratch. So that's going to mean, I think that's going to mean that you're going to get some exposure. And I think given the exposure, Audrick estimate is going to shine. He's definitely he, going and, to be noticed. It's going to stick out. It's going to stick out. It, it just it. There's no other running back in that running back room like Audrey Kestime. He will spend all of fall camp not wearing an undershirt. <laughs> Look, cut off jersey, uh, estimate, eight pack. Estime and Tyree are the perfect complement. They're the perfect definition of lightning and, and lightning, thunder. Yeah, it's. It's Tyree sticks out in that running back room because he can fucking fly. Estime is going to stick out because he can throw it. Sebo tries hard and he gets those hard yards and all that. But every bit of that you can see, right? Like we, you love Sebo because you see all the effort he puts into it. Estime is going to get those same yards and it's not going to look like he's trying as hard. You know what I mean? Like there's a natural ability, a God given body for damage he tries he tries us i think this is the difference he tries as hard 
and he gets five to ten more yards. Yeah, yeah true. That instead of it, instead of being a, a four or five yard run, it's yeah, I was an eight. I wasn't saying he wasn't gonna try. Yards. I'm just saying like you could see, see oh, yeah. every bit of what he has on it. And Everything goes into that so six yeah, yard. I just think Estime is going to stick out like a sore thumb. And then you got, so then you got people talking about him because now you have another weapon. Like he may, he may still be RB four Williams, Tyree, Flemister, and then Estime, but it's another we- It's an actual weapon. It's not even junk time weapon. It's a fucking weapon. And you can use that. So I think that sticks out. I, and as far as another guy like could stick out, I, I maybe Mitchell Evans. I oh, Michael Mayer is a god. Yeah, and, and George Takis is there to block. Block. And um, as much as Notre Dame is going to use, you know, so different some different formations than what they used last year. They're not going to use, you know, <laughs> the same kind of personnel groupings as they did last year. They're still going to run. Couple tight ends, quite often. Yeah. And you know, Takis would be the natural guy. I get that. But after that, between Bauman, Braun, and Evans, I think it's kind of open. Open. And can one of those three challenge uh, Takis for some time? And I think they can. I mean, there's there's just some. These are physically gifted individuals. I think I think Mitchell Evans just that that sheer size, he's a big boy, and he 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 looked really good in spring, so I could see him having a really good fall too. And I'm, that's not to say that he's gonna over. I'm not even gonna say that he's gonna overtake tactics, but I think that there's a big eyeball raiser possibility there with him. Chimps Bowman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think tech is, I think Evans could challenge to be. Uh, TE3, basically. He could challenge to be like when they list like tight end depth chart, be Michael Mayer one and then George Takis or Mitchell Evans. Oh, he, could, you know he gets I mean? that. Uh, yeah, that or. that or. Yeah. Okay. You know a name we haven't brought up this entire time? Because uh, you don't need to. No, we brought up Lorenzo Styles quite a few times. Oh, Tyler Buckner. No, we brought up Tyler Buckner once too. Uh, Ron Paul. Name there. we have not mentioned at all, mainly because we don't need to. Uh, Kurt Heinrich. Oh, Kurt Heinrich. Well, yeah. The Forgotten Warrior, like, because you don't need to think like he's just going to be in the middle battling. Like, I'm curious to see some of these, like Riley Mills. I want to yeah. see what he does. I think he could be Gozar the Destructor. He'd have to jump out of Miola, but, or, well, no, not really, because defensive Not really, team. not necessarily. Yeah. We're yeah. just talking about a rotation. And you're coming in. I mean, Admiola is, the Admiola brothers themselves, it, it's a, it's a bit of funny little trip. Like, this is their senior year. Jason was, was the higher rank recruit. It's not like they were necessarily a package deal, but I mean, twin brothers are going to go with together. And both of them have been very productive. They haven't been like superstar out there, but they're 
extremely efficient and extremely productive on the field. Like they're really fucking good. And they've gotten gradually have gotten better and better throughout the years. So I imagine having to deal with Jason Admiola. And I, I mean, I think he's going to have a heck of a season. And then here comes Riley Mills, <laughs> you know, in the, in the, to start the series off in the second quarter. <laughs> that, I mean, that guy's a fucking monster. Yeah. It's, I think it, it sets up well for Notre Dame on that front seven. I mean, the teams are going to have a hard time running the football against Notre Dame. Like it's Wisconsin's going to have a rough time around the football against Notre Dame. I'm calling that right now. If you force you know, Wisconsin to have to be they're one dimensional, which they kind of, they're okay with, or you would think that they would be okay with. Um, but I, I, they don't have the horses, man. They just do not have the receivers to, they do not have the receivers. And if you do force it. them to be a running team, um, yeah, that's, and I'm not even sold on Graham Mertz entirely. No, no, uh, no not yet. He looked pretty mediocre in half of his, half of the season last year. And, um, I don't know. Insert, um, I, insert young, uh, New Jersey running back, uh, Jalen Berger, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course from, yeah. from New Jersey. That's it. As far as like snaps, so I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with making Wisconsin one dimensional and forcing yeah, so, them to stack in the box. So just guys that I think are going to make big splashes in the fall: Estime, Mitchell Evans, uh, and Riley Mills. And it, and Mills is kind of a cheat because I think we're all, I think most people on the beat are really expecting the same thing on that. But. I don't know, man. There's there's always somebody. There's always somebody that comes out of nowhere. And it, we follow these guys, you know, rec- from when they're sophomores and juniors in high school. Coming yeah, all the way up through. Out of nowhere. When- yeah, it, it really, it, it always is. But it's 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 a guy who maybe you just didn't have as high up on the depth chart. All of a sudden kind of like shows out a little bit. The guy that we didn't talk about in the spring. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I mean, the Patella situation muddies the waters a little bit, but I, I still think that's going to be cleared up one way or another come Saturday. I think it's not going to drag on. I don't think that they can afford it to. No, they got to know because they got to figure out their game plan. Otherwise, I mean, you got to really figure out what your <clears throat> your rotation is going to be if you're going to move anybody around. All that stuff very quickly. They, they they might already know now. Yeah. I well, I would imagine if the media has the information uh, that they have that there is this situation um, developing, that the staff should, unless there is a dereliction of duty involved, have a game plan already in place. Yeah, I mean they might. Yeah, yeah, they should. Ugh. I don't know, man. It's just there's a lot. This is going to be a lot different than last year, and not just because the season's back. It's just going to look 
the roster looks a lot different from the last year. The plays are going to look different. And maybe that's just the, maybe that's the Ian book factor too. It's just, everything's going to be different. You know what? Hey, speaking of quarterbacks, you know what I love seeing the other day? Would you love seeing the other day? Brendan Clark. Was he, out, out there was he getting after it? Was he getting after he was, it? It was a, it was a picture, but he was sweaty. <laughs> so it looked like he had been working I out. I haven't seen a sweaty Clark and uh, I can't even uh, tell you the last time I saw a sweaty Clark. I was, I was so happy. I, dude, I love Brendan Clark. I, this was he supposed to be fantastic. It was, he had his hair. Been his it, season. His hair was on points. Everything was oh, looking up. God. Yeah. This is, I, I called that last year. Yeah. Right? I said, you know, it's, I, that I thought, I felt that it was going to be Clark going into the fall. And this was obviously before Jack Cohn uh, transferred in. Do you remember who I said was, was going to be the quarterback at that same time? Uh, Grayson. Uh, well, I said it would, uh, it would have been a, a, a player not on the run that there was going to be a, a, yeah. a transfer. You, you, uh, I, I want you him. came selling, you came, you, you came so, with something to sell for uh, McCall. Yeah. And I think I'll have a, a great season. Um, should have transferred here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just player not on the roster. You were all. You were buying everything there was about Grace McCall last year for good reason. You think kid, kid's a player. Sure. Yeah, he sure is. But uh, yeah, I went, I, uh, I was convinced I really that the guy would be stuck. I really can't believe he stuck it out there. I mean, him and Malik at uh, Liberty, they probably could have been, there was, there's a handful of places they could have gone and they decided to, to stick with, uh, to put the 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 girl they brought and dance with her. Well, they're they're not allowed to bring girls to dances at Liberty. And no, they're not not at the um, that campus is wild. Um, <laughs> I uh, Christian Disneyland. I am actually surprised that he stuck around, considering the amount of transfers out of Liberty. I mean, especially after the whole like Black Lives Matter fiasco, you know, with them like. Not even downplaying it, like trashing it. Just not. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, guys were like, you know, fuck this, I'm out. Uh, one of those was a corner. I can't remember his name for the life of me right now, but he ends up transferring to Louisville. But they had two really good young corners, <laughs> like really good. Like the like, Liberty shouldn't be getting these guys, and they they got them, and then they talked their dumb shit, and then the kids bounced. So I don't know. <sighs> what else we got here? I mean, you watching much Olympics, man? No, not a single bit. Not a single bit. My wife loves the Olympics. Uh, and I just, I just can't get, I just can't, I can't, I can't get into it. I haven't been able to this year. I normally am. I'm normally a big, I'm normally a huge Olympics person. And, the Winter Olympics for me, uh, I like the Winter Olympics better more than the Summer Olympics, but I'll still like be glued to Summer Olympic coverage. This year, I just I, I don't know what it is. I, I do not know why I didn't. It's 
I just was like, you know what? Is it the fact they don't have fans? Uh, I mean, maybe because I mean, I'm, I really no sexy name either for the Americans. I, I really got tired of all sporting events without full stadiums and stuff. Like it was a chore. Like college basketball is not the greatest basketball in the world, but at least when there's fans, it's fun. Yeah. That was, that was a chore to watch. Um, football was rough because I mean, I had no problem with football because it was still rough for me. I guess it didn't, but it didn't bother me in the least. But I, I can see where you're coming from with that. It's just basketball. It, it, was it, it was an annoyance. It was an annoyance. And I just was, I just was kind of, I'm just kind of done with it. I'm done with empty stadiums. And I'm done. I really done with like fake uh, laugh track slash applause in crowd. Yeah, it's piped in, piped in crowd noise for no reason. I don't know, man. I don't know why I didn't get into it this year. I like all the quirky shit that goes on with Olympics. And it just, once I was like a day and a half in to not watching it, I just made the conscious decision to be like, it's wow. nothing. I, it was the Jordan Batello. I was all or nothing. <laughs> so I, uh, nothing I, for me. I have a hard time committing to, to, sporting events that I, I don't have a knowledge of or like a, a breadth but you, of, but you don't use the Olympics to like learn. Like I've done that with a lot of sports where I've used the Olympics bit. to like, to tell me more about this sport. Cause it looks cool as shit. Like water polo. Yeah. But like, it's I would never a, watch water. It's not a thing in Hicksville, Ohio. No, but I would never watch water polo on just like, a rando Thursday night. It's not like Maction where like I can, I can just sit down and watch Maction and learn all these Mac players names. Um, and like track and field, like there's, I'm sorry, um, Greg, but track and field is awfully dull. It's just people running in circles and like their times are just slightly faster than one another. And it's like, congratulations. Every race race over 800 meet over the 800 is Is hard. Yeah, I think we had 400 tonight, and it was or well, like, maybe it was 800. The American won. Well, like discus, shot put, launch up. I'm I'm into all that. That's fun to watch. <sighs> pole vaulting. I mean, there's a pole vaulter right now. The the one. I mean, it's not like I don't see clips from the Olympics. There is a women pole vaulter from. Um, I'm not sure where she's from. Uh, but she's all the rage right now on TikTok. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of, lot of gentlemen that are love for the. Uh, yeah, there was an Australian one a few years ago that people were pretty excited about. Um, I don't that know. Sprinter from Sweden a few years ago, the one that did all the bouncing. The uh, it's just a lot of the a lot of the track and field sport events are just like you're good at working out, which is and like weightlifting in general is pretty boring. I like handball. That's pretty fun. And water polo can be kind of fun too. And I think water polo. Pound for pound, they're the best athletes because um, they're just like swimming Dude, and treading water. And that's like 15 foot of water. It is not a joke. Yeah. Like they're literally swimming the entire time. The whole time. And they got to swim back on like to get onto defense. It's like, you know, you see a hockey player having to backskate like water polo. When you're backskating, you're like you're swimming, like swimming full speed, which is hilarious to watch him do it. Um, so but, like, uh, as far as like a. Notre Dame goes like 
most of their Olympic athletes are fencers, which is cool, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, and then, but like New Geese, he's like cross country. He's a long distance runner. That's like, that's not, that's not fun to watch. No. And he's out anyway. He had, uh, he had to go out. Yeah. Uh, There's a, the women, the uh, women's volleyball team is being coached by a Notre Dame grad who's also a Fort Wayne native. And I can't remember her name for the life of me. Um, so I was going to. I was going to try to tune into that. My daughter plays volleyball. I was going to try to make sure she watched some living volleyball this time, but shit, she's so busy with her own practice schedule for volleyball and and cheer. uh, There's no time. Like (laughs) you go do what you want to do because you need some time here, but I don't know, man. It just, it hasn't hit. Now I know once, once January hits though, I'm going to be winner. I'm going to be humming the Olympic uh, I, I think that there's questions. I'm just going to warn you now. I think there's questions of whether or not the United States shows up to the Olympics for the Winter Games. I'll still watch I'm, it. I'm just warning you because uh, it's in China, and uh, there, there could be some uh, there could be some animosity. And wasn't this the Olympics that I tried? To... Trying to think that there was a one where they really felt like it should have been in the U.S. Uh oh, where they kind of stole it. Yeah, I think it was Japan. The next one's Paris, and I don't think it was Paris. And they thought they wanted it for Chicago, as I think with the the games. Um, maybe that maybe it was maybe it was the China games that they want that they that they ended maybe up. Maybe it was the Chicago. I feel like they awarded it to, Cause, to someone where because I know because I know Barry um, uh, he campaigned for it with his you know as the president of the United States you know Barack Obama should be able to to have some sway in in that kind of stuff because that's his you know home city and I don't even think Barry was able to bring it home so yeah I, I remember there being some kind of scandal with it not going to. Uh, Chicago. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much of a scandal other than like massive eyebrows. Like, yeah, it's all right here. I don't know. Well, the IOCs. Yeah, but kind of- I guess I I hadn't even thought about I I remember remember thinking about that months ago about uh, China. And it's been completely out of my head until now. So great. Now I'm depressed. So well, let me let me let me pop that mood back in. Let's uh, here's a fun exercise. So I saw a question pulled up for um, if you could pick one athlete to represent your. So let's say the Olympics where they had all of the same amount of events. So let's let's take the Olympics, Summer Olympics, all of the same events, um, you know, shooting, shot put, basketball, baseball, you know, the, the whole nine yards, um, trampoline, skateboarding, gymnastics, running. But you could only send one athlete, and they had to do all of the events themselves. Who on Notre Dame's roster not named Kyle Hamilton would you send to represent Notre Dame in sort of a uh, an Olympics situation? So who on Notre Dame's roster uh, do you think could could? So you have to consider equestrian, right? That's a thing. So it's all of the events on their all- on their current roster. On the current roster. Oh my God. So before I answer that, yeah, I the first name that popped to my head 
is someone that that's not on a current Notre Dame roster. He's in the NFL right now. Can I guess who is it there? is? Yeah, go ahead. Um, he's in the NFL. Yeah. He was the Gatorade player of the year in his state as a senior. Okay. He played several different positions at Notre Dame. Uh, Jeremiah Wusukomo. He's got a last name, first name. Oh, well, it's definitely not Jeremiah Wusukomo then. Um, Quentin Nelson. Harrison Smith. Oh, that's a good call. Who yeah. was a decathlete See, in that, high school? That's 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 a key. Is well, you have right. to, I think. Picking somebody yeah, he's from Tennessee. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt about like shooting because he's <laughs> out of Tennessee. Yeah, uh, and you know, riding horses. Yeah, and he's just dude. The fucker's an athlete. I think of all the, yeah, Harrison Smith. But on the current roster, wow, that one's a hard one to find. Yeah, I just I think taking a freshman and, and spinning a tail is too easy. Like I can, I can make Lorenzo Styles sound like an Olympic champion. Um, man, I don't know. I mean, Jack Kaiser looks like the, the, like an eighties movie Olympian. Yeah, he definitely does have that, that, uh, that physique. I think one of the strategies for, I mean, you rule out the big guys, right? Unless you don't. I saw a picture of Blake Fisher on a horse today. Um, so maybe he could pick up some dressage and. Uh, well, what's what's and, Blake Fisher doing in the hundred meter? Not great. But what's Blake Fisher doing? You got to consider what's Blake Fisher doing in the shot put. What's Blake True. Fisher doing in wrestling? What's Greco he doing Roman in uh, pole vault? Pole vault. Not 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 too great, Bob. But um, what is uh, you know. What would a uh, Jack Kaiser do in a shot put versus uh, I think you got to like pick somebody in sort of that middle range. And I think if I'm looking at the roster, my answer is Michael Mayer. Mm. If it's not Kyle Hamilton, I think because Michael Mayer's fast and he has that like good blend of speed and size. You keep bringing up horses. So is this a Kentucky thing? I it, I don't know. If, I'm just saying that, like, I'm thinking of the weird sports in the. Can Michael Mayer skateboard? I don't I mean, know. Can, I, uh, Kyron Williams might be a good good pick. Because I mean, who? Oh, what is uh? I mean, Chris Ty, Chris Tyree ain't throwing the shot near as far as Kyron Williams. No, but Chris Tyree's little, so he probably can be a pretty good gymnast, right? Because you got those gymnastic events, too. <clears throat> there's a lot that goes into this, man. Yeah, I mean, there, so, yeah, there's a lot, because there's a lot of Olympic sports. Yeah. I think we'll be, so I think, I think we can make a case for a lot of different guys. Like, I could make a case for Andre Kestema. You probably, you probably could. I think we should <clears throat> we should have came up with a uh, Olympic team based off of the Notre Dame roster. 
Like we could have placed everybody in their proper proper spots. Like or maybe the same question, who, but you can bring three who's guys. Running the full, party. Who's running the four by one? Who's running the four by one? Yeah. Um, like Styles, Kyrie, Kurt, Kurt Heinish, Watts, Heinish, uh, Kurt Heinish, and Kurt Heinish. Running the four uh, by one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Taking up two lanes. I, I. <laughs> he's out there. Fucking, this is roller there. derby. Nope, yeah, this isn't roller derby, sir. <laughs> yeah, with the face paint and all. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Yeah, it was easy for me to think of instantly Harrison Smith, just because I knew when we recruited him, he was a decathlete. Yeah, but you look at the rock. I mean, Kyle Hamilton's probably up. I mean, fuck, he's gonna he's be the one. That's the he, guy. I think Kyle Hamilton could do it all. He's got to be. So, so we're talking a safety is the is the Olympian of a football team. Yeah, I think Isaiah Pryor probably would be a pretty good because he's a workout warrior. Um, he's got the physique. I think Isaiah Pryor would probably be a good choice too, right? What, what about DJ Brown? DJ Brown is a good one. As shut well. down Sam Howell. He could shut down yeah. Turkey. Yeah, he could shut down Turkey, and he could take on the Mongolian Greco-Roman wrestler. Who, who sells that Duke's Mayo Shamrock Shake though when they come back after winning gold? Who sells it? Oh, uh, it's unquestionably um, Drew White. <laughs> <laughs> See, just with the dopiest grin on his face, holding up a. Uh, Shamrock Shake with Duke's Mayo, <laughs> lathered up on top. See, I think it'd be like. Oh. See, if it was Winter Olympics, I'd take Drew White because I know he snowboards. I'm not sure how well, <laughs> <laughs> but I know he snowboards. And there's swimming Man. too. Man, there's just uh, so many components of it. And there's a lot I, of swimming men. Is, sur- is surfing in the Olympics? Yeah, it sure is, dude. Well, we got a surfer, uh, Kiana. Uh, well, Kiana, all of the Samoans. I just assume they all there. surf. Yeah. Oh, man. I swear I've seen Rubio on a surfboard, too. Or maybe not. I mean, Bo Bauer? Wrestling? Yeah, Bo Bauer wrestling because wrestling's a bunch. Um, well, yeah, there's just there's a lot that goes. Is in Bo there. Bauer the next Kurt Angle? I, uh, as far as college athlete turn, did did yeah. Kurt Angle play college football or was he just a college wrestler? I think he was just a college wrestler. Could be the next AC Slater. I'm trying to think of a maybe it, we we have a lot of northern offensive linemen. Yeah, but Caleb I, Dukes is a is more of a southern Mayo. Where it most Hellman's certainly is. Yeah, Hellman's would be your your northern Mayo. Now I am a I, I am a friend of Dukes and. Uh, have changed. I am. I am now a 
a Duke's um, customer. We, we are a, I am, well, I buy a Sriracha Mayo um, or a Koopy Mayo for, uh, you know, the Japanese Mayo. But if I'm putting it on a sandwich and not, uh, I, I, I have a, I have a jar of Duke's in the fridge. Yeah. 32. Yeah. I, yeah. I made the switch uh, a couple years ago, but I mean, Caleb Johnson, even if, even though he's actually from Fort Wayne, he at least was that living in Florida in the South. So maybe, maybe he's my, he's my, my Mayo, uh, Shamrock shake guy. As he helps, uh, bring home the gold in, uh, the javelin. I mean, all right. So, all right. Kane Madden, Ohio. Josh Lug, Pennsylvania. Jarrett Patterson, Arizona. John Dirksen, Ohio. Hunter Spears, Texas. And by the way, there was some talk on the Irish Illustrated podcast about Spears possibly taking a medical. So, uh, Zeke Carell, Ohio. Andrew Christophic, Pennsylvania, Quinn Carroll, Minnesota, uh, Tosh Baker. He was, he's from Arizona too. Uh, Michael Carmody. Is it Carmody? Are you trying to find the best, are you trying to find the best Mayo fit? Yeah. Yeah. Joe all Iowa. Caleb Johnson. It's gotta be Johnson. It's gotta be. Or you know what? No, it, no, it could be Caleb Johnson, but Pat Coogan, Sounds like a brand of mayonnaise. Coogan's mayo. His, his skin complexion is mayonnaise. And he's from Chicago, like Chicago land. And that's just, that is a mayo. Yeah, Pat Coogan. Coogan's your mayo man? He's the, he's the mayo man. I'm Drew White, not Pat Coogan, and we're here to sell you Duke's Mayo. Shamrock Shakes. Shamrock Shakes. <laughs> Just assume every uh, every freshman has a uh, cracking uh, voice. I came, I came to play football. Except for when they interview Andre Gestamay. He's like, Andre Gestamay, and he sounds I've like got, I've Barry got White. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm not even sure if I can hit that, hit that low. That baritone, just like deep. You know what? Andre Gustave sounds like me, exactly like me. I, I've come here to Notre Dame to run people over. End of story. Ugh. I don't know. I saw some rankings today that I didn't like. Still saw ESPN's power rankings have Iowa State had another name. Yeah, I I was. Uh, I came downstairs I, and Christy was watching College Football Live, and uh, she was like, "They ranked Notre Dame first in jerseys," and I was like, "Where are they on the power rankings?" <laughs> and it was just kind of like, "Ooh, ooh." <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, I, I I'm not sure. I can't remember the exact schedule. We'll get the coaches poll first. Yeah, 
And that'll come out in a couple weeks. And then it's, well, no, maybe it's come up. Maybe that comes out uh, about mid month, maybe. And it's usually two weeks before the season starts. Games will get the AP. But most of the projections for those all have like Notre Dame, like around six or seven. And uh, sitting right where they probably should be. So. I, I guess the, the only the two the, I'm curious as to where they decide to put Cincinnati, um, whether or not they give him that bump for I think Cincinnati probably deserves a top 10 ranking. Um, I don't think they're going to stay there for very long, uh, but I'm I mean, interested they could be there they, when Notre Dame plays them. They could. They got to beat Indiana I mean, first. They, if they beat Indiana, they'll be top ten, for sure. I think we did this last pod, but I mean, I think I mean, that that lines up to be a big game, Indiana and Cincinnati. Is it called so, game day big? I hope so. I really do. I mean, I am really looking forward to some. Maybe, maybe we should kind of like start to end the podcast on on this kind of talk. Like, I there is. A lot that I am looking forward to this season. And so much of it is just trying to get back to normal. Please get your fucking vaccines. Stuff's starting to get out of control and it's starting to scare the shit out of me as far as losing our grip on control of actually having a a real season. You know what I mean? Like, let's get it back under control. Or at least a real season with fans. Because it sounds like most of the teams and most of the players are going to... I, I think that there's some questions with some NFL teams um, and it seems like those are starting to to clear themselves up. Um, well, the Vikings are having some quarterback issues right now. <laughs> the whole roster, which that's kind of silly unto itself, but like just, I, I don't know. I, I want, I want to be able to go to a game and I'd, I'd like them to not impose any more uh, restrictions. So, uh, yeah. Why don't you get I mean, I, shots if you haven't? I want Notre Dame Toledo. Vernon and I are planning on walking around, shooting some video, talking some smack, talking some shit, drinking a little bit uh, with all y'all out, out and about. I would like for that to actually happen. I want that to be a thing. No regrets. So, I mean, I just, I need a season and it's not just Notre Dame. Like that's like, that's, I got on this cause I'm thinking about Indiana and Cincinnati. Like that's just sexy as hell to me. College game. Is it, is that in Bloomington? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. College game day in Bloomington. A couple of, Top 15 teams. Indiana, Cincinnati. I mean, come on. This is, that just sounds fun. By the way, I I looked at, uh, I looked at the weekend of the 2nd of October, uh, week five of college football. And if Cincinnati does in fact beat Indiana, looking at the other games that weekend, it is almost assuredly the site of college game day. Like you can you can pencil that Notre one. Dame Notre Dame Cincinnati 
Notre Dame, Cincinnati. Yeah. Unless you oh, you so have you a you asked me that. Yeah. Well, I think I'm I'm looking at that Arkansas Jordan like it's almost assured that if both teams are undefeated at that point, unless they want to do one of the, you know how sometimes they do like a weird team matchup if they want to do one of those weird team matchups. And I don't even see any of those. So um, all of the top 10 teams in like Ohio state's playing Rutgers, right? That that's, that's the level Boston college, Clemson, Ole Miss, Alabama, that's kind of where we're at with that weekend. There's no standout, even like Georgia, it's Arkansas, Georgia. There's no standout game that weekend outside of uh, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. Auburn, so L- I'd Auburn like, LSU could be. Yeah. Um, with whoever's playing could quarterback be. for LSU, because Miles Brennan uh, you know, broke his left arm, his throwing arm. But, yeah, if both teams are up, I uh I would imagine that they'd want to. You know what I got I got one I got one that's gonna top Notre Dame Cincinnati, and it's not gonna be, it's not one that's gonna make sense, but they're gonna do that one instead of uh, they're gonna go to Clemson, but they don't really get a whole lot of opportunities. Uh, Clemson. Clemson, and here's why you're right. Because Boston College, you know what I'm saying, going to be undefeated. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think yeah, you're BC, right. BC at Clemson. Um, let's see. Boston College would be what four and at that point. Yeah, they should be four yeah, and zero. And probably Colgate, top twenty. Colgate, UMass, Temple, and Missouri. So oh, they'll be four and zero. And Clemson will be undefeated. Doesn't even matter who they played. No, that's not true. Miami's there. I mean, Clemson's got Georgia right off the jump. So if and Clemson, that'll be if Clemson beats now, if Clemson loses to Georgia, game day doesn't go to Death Valley for this game. They can't justify it. But if they get an undefeated Clemson and undefeated Boston College, regardless of how weak their schedule is, love a good undefeated Phil's going to put up some pretty strong Phil and. DJ Uyangale are going to have both have some strong ass numbers going oh, into the PF- game. Trash it uh, or trash it. Uh, PFF is going to be licking his chops for that one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's not a typical look at this game. This is how it's going to, but that's how it's going to be. No, that makes sense to me because they want to get out there. The, uh, the matchup predictor on ESPN right now for the FPI too, 96%. Clemson win, and that, and I still say it's seventy-eight percent assured game days there if they're undefeated. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. But you know, Phil can go. Phil sure can go and throw three picks in the game <laughs> against Colgate. What, who they struggled with last year? Arkansas A and M or something? Some. Oh yeah, well, no, it, it wasn't Arkansas. It wasn't Arkansas. It was a like a like-minded trash team where they Texas State. He needed to rally. He needed to score like ten points in the last uh, three minutes to beat Texas State. Right, right. I was thinking it couldn't have been a, a Southern school because of the ACC rules last year, COVID. But as long as they came to your house, it was okay. And I, right. 
Because Navy Navy wasn't going to uh, switch it up, which is fine by me. Income Dendy, so. Okay. I mean, Notre Dame's got, there, there's that five-game stretch that they have a, probably a couple of game day opportunities. I think, I think. North Carolina or USC is the one. I, I think North Carolina is the one they really want. Because, I mean, depending upon, because the USC game is going to be the prime time. Well, the only problem is when you get to that point in the season, then you start touching into an Alabama well, shit, plays. North Carolina is going to be prime time too, right? Yeah, both of them back to back. Yeah, prime time. yeah, back to back prime times. Like that, that that's what you end up having happen though, is you end up backing into uh, Alabama playing, you know real opponents at that point, and then they just want to get after it. Um, <laughs> though, I'll tell you this, the USC weekend, there doesn't seem to be a, a whole lot of uh, whole lot of sexy meat on that bone. So, maybe. Yeah, and North Carolina's got a bit of a cakewalk leading up to their name. Depending on what you think of Miami, right? Don't they have to play Miami leading into it? Yeah, depending on, and it doesn't even matter, like what Miami team. There, there's no consistency in that team, ever. No. Um, I mean, they. Out of, Carolina starts the season off. Uh, in conference play against Virginia Tech, so. Is that at home or is that at the most difficult uh, road stadium environment <laughs> that the world's ever known? Uh, yeah, that's the Blacksburg. Uh, 6 p.m. Oh, no. game. Oh, whew. oh man! How are you going to win a? Uh, how how are you going to how are you going to beat Virginia Tech? Post dinner kick against uh, Virginia Tech. Just Virginia just Tech has Virginia Tech has one win against a ranked opponent at home since 2009, and it was the, the 2000 2019 against number 21, 22 Wake Forest. Oh boy! Wake's your only ranked win. Love that. In since two thousand nine, it's ridiculous. Why? Why is this still a thing? That's uh, Blacksburg's going to get tested this year. That's for sure. You know, Notre Dame owes it to the country to wax the shit out of North Carolina. They don't catch Clemson. No. They play at Virginia Tech. Then they play Georgia State, Virginia, Georgia Georgia Tech. Uh, God, they got a Duke. bunch of home games in a row. Georgia State, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Duke at home, all, and Florida State all in a row at home. And Miami. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Do they not go on the road ever? That is a long list of home games in a row. Uh, but... Then they after the Miami game they go to Notre Dame, and then they host Wake, and then go to Pitt, host Wofford, and then go to NC State. Notre Dame owes the country of waxing. And I'm sure they are going to be more than willing to uh, provide one. <sighs> it's gross. Absolutely gross. Disgusting. You know, 
The ACC thinks it's not great. No, they. I don't care what they say about what they bring to the league or what they need. West Virginia. I don't disagree with that. I think they need them. And it's nothing. Even if if I'm West Virginia. Oh, money from the split. First of all, I mean, add West Virginia, you have your, and we've talked about this before. You add, you get your, basically your big East wing of the, on the, in the ACC. Right. But just add so much more, you know, like, I want to say flavor, but it's a competition. West Virginia is a, is a, is a good football. They are capable of beating some teams. And it's yeah, and I think like, if you open up the um, open up the Carolinas and Georgia for their recruiting, I don't think that they got much out of Texas. Yeah, they're gonna be like, we're not we're not gonna have to travel out to fucking middle of the country anymore. They'll get to play but, Pitt, which they'll be excited about. They got Virginia Tech again. I mean, we're talking about some some games that mean a lot to those fan bases still, and which. Which means it means it should mean a lot to college football fans. Like those are the kind of games you want to see. Like I'm excited about Texas going to the SEC because we get te- we're going to get Texas Texas A&M again. Good. That's what it fucking should be. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm more excited to see Texas figure out ways to lose against uh, Vanderbilt than figure out ways to get lose to uh, Kansas. Did you see that clip? From uh, the uh, Texas state senator. Yeah, this is why oh. Texas is the greatest state in America because they I care about college football as much as me. I can't deny, you know me, like I yeah. shit on Texas because uh, oh yeah, I you, get pissed about Texas. there. Like everything's better in Texas, blah blah blah. This is actually a true statement in this regard because I don't think you're going to find a legislator anywhere, even that in Alabama, that is going to be. The, the level of pettiness in the state of Texas because of the amount of schools in the state of Texas at the Division One level is incredible. Always has been. Seven against Horn Frogs. <laughs> Fuck it, dude. She just roasted. You paid that. You paid that much money to to not win football games. Oh, we've we've won our fair share. We just like to win, you know, some more. So you're saying you'd rather lose to Alabama than keep losing to, <laughs> to TCU. Three and seven against TCU. <laughs> Love it. And, and you know what's funny is she was wrong because they're two and seven against TCU. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way I didn't check, but there's no way that she's not a TCU alum, right? Oh, no way. All of them are alums of. From, it, so, yeah. From, so I, that's what I don't understand about like people are like, don't these Texas state legislators have better things to do? And it's like, no, no, because this is why they're wildly important. This is why they're there. This is, they, what, it, they this know is who, what the normals don't understand. Like the normals don't understand how incredibly important college football is to like alumnus and to the cities that the colleges reside in. Like if you take a like if you take away Waco's ability to host major college football games, you know, seven Saturdays a month. Or seven All you got left is fall. Chip and Joanna, and they're getting a divorce. And they're getting a divorce, and and Joanna's doing a cooking show that looks terrible. I just. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Look, it's and with and with Texas, it's just like it's not just college football. It's like football is important in that state. Like, yeah, stupidly important. Like, I, so important. I would like, say that it's not stupid. I would say Hatfield that it's and McCoy feuds amount. have been going on in that state over that. Oh yeah. The only reason Baylor is a is a in a Power Five league is because the fucking governor was from Baylor. Yeah. Like when the when the South, if kids, if you don't know. Like there used to be a conference called the Southwest Conference, and it was the most wild west of fucking conferences you'll ever find. It fucking dwarfed the SEC in shadiness. Dwarfed it. Lou Holtz coached in this conference. Pony Express. S the SMU death penalty was in this conference. It was because someone ratted him out. The Eric Dickerson transit. The South. It was incredible, and the amount of backstabbing in that state. Because of recruiting and all that stuff, it's it's incredible. And when the when they went to when they broke up and the Big Eight and the Southwest Conference had this kind of three quarters merger into the Big Twelve, the only reason Baylor was in and like not TCU or not SMU or not Houston, Houston, Houston was the big one that got fucked. They they should they should have been there. It was Ann Richards was a Baylor alum. It's political. It's That's a, what I never thought it would happen. Fight. I never thought that they could bail on them. When, major, but, when major League Baseball realigned, like, when Milwaukee's jumping divisions, it's not because of who's the governor. No. Well, the only reason why they're allowed to to get in, you know, now is because all the power players are, you know, UT Austin alums. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I, I, I really hope there's more cat fighting yeah, or, or I should say cattle fighting. Uh, if if Greg Abbott, if Greg Abbott went to, um, you know, Texas A&M, there's no chance Texas gets out of there. But Abbott's a, <laughs> Abbott went to, to, to Texas as an undergrad and then he got his law degree at Vanderbilt. So he's just trying to... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like nothing's gonna change. OU and Texas are going to the SEC, but the the bickering, the the absolute pettiness in between is going to be priceless. I think it's gonna help remind people what college football is really all about, and that's just petty. The pettiest of petty shit. It's I fantastic. Love it. Love it. I just, uh it it's it's almost like refreshing. Shit has gotten so sanitized in so many different aspects to be reminded that that this shit can get this dirty is just awesome. Absolutely awesome. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Brendan, my friend, you got anything left in the tank that you want to share with the, uh, with our listeners? Uh, I don't think I have anything um, too dire. Uh, don't try and build a children's play structure by yourself. I did it. <laughs> a three-story children's play structure. Uh, How many days? It, it took it took me five days <laughs> by myself. Um, that's look. That's no joke. That's a lot of. I pieces. mean, we're not talking about like it was like two, three hours here and there. The mosquitoes were real hard. 
the kids are, you know, Sam and Sophia are going down the tunnel slide as I'm building it. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was five days grueling, hard labor. Um, just have somebody do it, pay somebody to do it. Don't make my mistakes. <laughs> I had like an army and mine wasn't as big as yours, but I had probably four or five guys and it took us about nine hours. I guess it was some tricky shit. Now, there was a lot of drinking going on. Uh, my wife was, at, speaking of Texas, my wife and my only child at the time were in Texas at the time in College Station. And uh, so, <laughs> so I can't say there's a whole lot of uh, uh, supervising going on. <laughs> so, uh, but it was a bitch. It was a bitch enough where we really just want to get rid of it. But I have it, not because out of nostalgia, but because I just remembered it took a while. It's just like, even after you squeeze all the blood that you can from. Yeah, that even stone. after 10 years, you're like, not enough. <laughs> It'll make a great deer stand for somebody. And that's where they all end up. But yeah, most of them do. I mean, that, you, I could see them just on, on, just on the outskirts of town here uh, in the woods. You'll see old playset platform set up all over the place. Well, get a good use out of it because deer stands are pretty expensive for what they are. It's stupid. When I would gladly pay someone like 20 bucks to haul this thing out of my backyard when I'm done with it. Like, no, you don't need to pay for this. I'll pay you. How about that? Just take it. Just get it the fuck out of here. I did that with a foosball table the other day. So <clears throat> I had, uh, I've had this foosball table for since I got out of college. And as many college students go, I was a pretty good foosball player, played a lot of it. I spent my freshman, the summer between my freshman and sophomore years, uh, most of the summer. In Ypsilanti, where no one lives in the summertime, uh, in my fraternity house, basically by myself. And I quit my job like two weeks in. Uh, so I was there for like a month and a half, no job, nobody there, nobody to hang out with because everyone went home and no one sticks around Ipsy. And I literally just played foosball by myself six, seven hours out of the day. So how good did you get? I got really fucking good. <laughs> I got really good. Uh, and so, you know, I had my own, end up having my own foosball table for a long time. And people just stopped playing you. Like, I could go to a bar and pick up some good competition and get beat. You know, it wasn't like I was the world's greatest player, you know, but, you know, I'd get beat. And that was fun. But, like, all my friends, I'd fucking, I'd smoke them. Like, it wasn't. Like back home, like these guys are, it's like, might as well be playing a toddler. And so then it just didn't get used and then it got stored and then I get married and there's really no place to put it. So it's been sitting out my barn for like the last probably 10 years, at least doing nothing. It's like I had some OSB sitting on top of it. And then that stacked like all the sleds and other shit. So I'm trying to get my barn like cleaned out, like literally get some shit out of this barn. And 
I said something to my the brother of my brother-in-law about, hey, you you got boys? I'm a, how about you take this foosball table? I don't know this that. I basically just said, hey, I'm going to just go drop it off at your house right now. <laughs> so I grabbed it and dropped it off in his, in his driveway. And uh, a couple hours later, I, I went back out to where he was working. Uh, <laughs> he's on the phone with his wife. And he's just looking at me like, you motherfucker. She what called him to go, done? what the hell is this thing doing in our driveway? <laughs> I'm like, well, it's, your, it's yours now, man. It's on your property. Half at it. That's a nice session. Nine tenths of the law. Yeah. 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 It's, it's yours, man. So, yeah. Anyways. So I'm getting rid of some shit. Cleaning up my closet. Not garage ceiling. So to speak. Ah, man, I really don't like, look, I'm not, I'm, I really need to get to work on, uh, the season schedule on one foot down. Um, I always say that every year, like in the middle of July, then like two weeks into, into August, it's like, fuck, I gotta put this thing together. Uh, but we'll have something good. Uh, the whole staff's back pretty much, I think. And then some, uh, so we should be set, ready to go, but I'm just, I'm, I'm having a hard time writing about anything right now like there's nothing that i care about that i haven't written about and i'm just waiting to get this camp going right so like let's get some news let's get something going like it's it's we're at we're at that moment in time where we need to start seeing shit so the next podcast we we record we're gonna have a little something i don't know how much yeah we're gonna have some we're gonna have something so it'll be um, it's going to be interesting. And I, I can't wait, man. The first college football game, I think, is like, what, 24 days away, 23 days away now? On the 28th, and I think it kicks off with Nebraska and uh, Illinois. Beautiful. Beautiful. Big Ten action. Big nothing Ten. Screams, nothing screams Big Ten action more than Nebraska and Illinois. Oh man, just the feud that goes on for maybe if it was Nebraska Rutgers. Uh, do you know who the coach of Illinois is? <laughs> well, it's not Lovey Smith anymore. It's um, he's not. He's back in town. The big boy. I, I should fucking know this. Um, who is it? Brett Bielma, he's back in town, baby. Yes, God damn it, Bert's back. That's right, Bert's back. It's the uh, the inaugural Bert game, man. You know Nebraska, what? This year is oof, make or break. Scott Frost doesn't get this thing going this year. I, oof, oof, oof. Uh, someone was talking like if even if he gets it going, he's bouncing. Where's he like going? then the, the former Nebraska quarterback doesn't understand why Nebraska fans are so crazy. <laughs> like, it's like Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you? I think Bert. I mean, I, I'm not sure why. It's a good spot for Bert. That is a great spot for Bert. Yeah, I think Bert can get some things down there. Illinois, it seems like a program that uh, you know, the right though, system, the right coach. Yeah, but you know what? Could win eight, nine games a year. I think my my same thoughts about Burton, Illinois, I had before. 
Do you do you know who and where? Think about think uh, about. Um, you should know. Burt down in Arkansas. <laughs> no, no, I knew that was that. No, that wasn't gonna work. This, I have the exact same thoughts about Burt in Illinois that that I did when Pitt hired Narduzzi. Oh, see, Narduzzi, I didn't because he's a coordinator. So you never know. You never knew what you were going to get as far as if Nardog could could coach a rock. Like, Burt's gotten a Wisconsin team. Yeah. I think he's yeah, won just, Big Ten I'm titles. just saying that I, I got that same kind of feeling. And that, that hasn't exactly – that hasn't worked out. <laughs> no. This is all. Yeah. Well, but, unless you like to occasionally beat one good team and en route to a 500 record. And continually talk shit about Notre Dame while getting beat by them. Just, yeah. Since Will Fuller like, made you. Narduzzi's record ass. against Notre Dame is not good. And he just keeps talking shit. Like, I think Brian Kelly could keep stabs on that. As he should. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Pitt's beaten, um, at least under Narduzzi. Pitt hasn't beaten uh, Notre Dame under Narduzzi, right? No, but I'm and I'm thinking the last couple wins against Michigan. Yeah, last, Michigan State turned that series around too. Because what was the last? Yeah, one? I, th- Ten? I think they, they won the last two while Narduzzi was there. Because they beat him in eleven, they beat him in twelve. Right, they beat him in eleven. No, right? They lost. Yeah. Hold on. This is gonna bother me now. Because ten was little giants, or was eleven? Eleven was little giants. No, eleven was a gross game. It was a hilarious one, the hilariously gross game. This is gonna bother where me. Tom, Tommy bother, Reese. Bo- the 2011 was the Tommy Reese game where he just threw pass interferences. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that then, was thir- 31-13. Yeah. No, that wasn't the. The 2013 was the Tommy Reese game. Oh, then 2011 was the George Atkinson kick return game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah. The, <clears throat> Notre Dame's only. Our dogs. Yeah, he was dogs. gone in 16. So Notre Dame ha- has a winning streak against Narduzzi now. That's about like four or five games. 11, 12, 13. Uh, they was gone in 16, beat him right? in, gone in 16, but they, he was at, uh, Will Fuller. He was at Pitt in 15. So I uh, beat him in 15. So it's a solid, we didn't play him in 16. Played him in 18, right? Yeah. It was, it was a solid. What? Five, five game win streak on their doozy. Five, six teams. Yeah. Three at Pitt, <laughs> Fuck. three at Michigan state. Fuck Pat Narduzzi. Fuck, shut up. Whiny little bitch. Talking all that shit, you just keep getting beat. (laughs) That's all I got. That's what I got left. Fuck, 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 fuck,